0: Sensible. Thank you for that, Catherine. Good morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. It's the 7th December. I've got that Friday feeling. It may be partly because yesterday... Oh, I bought the Christmas tree. Yes, I bought the Christmas... They're expensive. £50. £50. £50 for a five-foot Christmas tree. But it's Christmas! It's Christmas! So one of the children won't eat on Christmas Day. It doesn't matter... So I've, I've kind of got that Friday feeling, that sort of Christmassy feeling. We might sneak a little Christmas song in this hour. Who knows? A good one. It's one I've chosen. Don't worry. Lots coming up on the show between now and nine, as always. Would, uh, would, would like your uh, opinions on a few things. Rules around council housing in St Albans uh, are to change. Who do you think should be entitled to council housing where you live? A street in Watford is classed as the most violent in the country. Um, The mayor says that's unfair and wants the way stats are collected to be changed. And here's something. First class stamp, what is it, 60 pence now? I think something like that. Are you bothering to send Christmas cards this year? You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. It's always fun for you to hang out there and argue with the other listeners. I'm really kind of keen to encourage that as a a battleground between you all. Go on and have internet fisticuffs. You can text 81333, starting your text 3CR, or you can give us a call 08459 455 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: I don't get the thing. I don't get Christmas cards. I've never sent them. I will, um, I'll send one to my mum because she gets angry if I don't. But I'll send it from my boys. You know you get those websites where you can make your own cards, where you put a picture of yourself on, or the dog, or whatever. I'll probably send one of those to my mum with the boys on because she likes that. And that's kind of quite nice. But that thing of going, going and buying a box of Christmas cards and then spending an hour writing them. And trying to write a slightly different message in each one, and then addressing them, and then putting the stamps. I oh, don't do it. Uh, we kind of had a little s- a straw poll here at the. Um, why is it called a straw poll? Anyone know why is it called a straw poll? Oh, 455 four double five five double five. I, I suspect my he- head will be firing off on lots of tangents this morning. It's it's, it's in that frame of mind. Um, but it, it seems to be that the ladies, the Ooh. ladies send the christmas cards they buy those box of cards from tesco's or from if so they're feeling posh or the charity ones and they they'll they'll write them and sign them and do them and send them off from the family the bloke's like yeah whatever daly doesn't send christmas cards of course Dealy doesn't send christmas cards he's got f- far more important things to do so can, g- we'll, we'll talk more about this later on but c- can you just give us a call are you going to be sending christmas cards Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. do you think they're important We'll talk about that a bit later on, Then. Now, you may live in a property that you feel is too small for you and your family, but at what point should the council provide you with a bigger one? Well, the rules surrounding the way in which people are allocated council houses in St Albans has changed this week. One new policy makes it more difficult for tenants to get bigger properties. Anthony Wildman lives with his wife, Abby, and their five-month-old baby in a one-bedroom house in the city. They've been told they're now not eligible for a bigger property until their child is two years old. They say the house is so small, it's causing damp and making the baby ill. Anthony is now suffering depression, and they feel their marriage is being strained. Our reporter, Victoria Cook, went to meet them and have a look at their house. At the moment, we're standing in our front room very small front room I think it's about
2: 13 foot by 13 foot approximately and go through to an open-plan kitchen which is probably about 10 foot by 6 foot it's very cold at night. Um, it's very cold all the time because you have to leave the windows open to stop condensation from the damp. Yeah, I can
3: see coming in here that the the back of your front door is actually soaking wet. I've only been here a few minutes. I can feel my skin feeling damp and my uh-huh. clothes feeling damp. I've only been here a few minutes. Is, is that something you're, you've you become used to? or Can you notice it?
2: Well, we, we notice it all the time and it's. Uh, I don't think you ever get used to it. You've also got a hell of a lot of condensation on the windows as well, constantly. Oh yeah. Um, and the advice from St Albans Council is to open windows, which isn't really good when it's mine. Actually, as you've pulled the net
3: curtains back, they've now stuck to the windows. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: um, that's but
3: what, why is that happening? Because from first impressions, the house looks quite modern and new.
4: Yeah, I think uh, when we had someone out before, she said it is due to three people living in the property, rather than, you know, this isn't made for three people. There's three people breathing in and out all the time. The washing, you know, I have to do it. I've got nowhere to dry it, so... That's obviously a lot of it, the cause of it as well. The house itself seems to be having impacts on the baby's health. Yeah, with her just now still having a cold. Obviously, talking about is not good at this age already. She's only like she's not five months yet, and they're already mentioning the word, which is upsetting to us. So yeah, I think it is having an effect on the health already. Can we go and have a look upstairs
3: yeah, and see what the rest of the house is like? Certainly. So to get upstairs, we're having to move things out of the way.
2: Yeah, I mean that's constant. Things not just put up there for show. It's um, a they're, buggy... are things and you need, you know, it's a high chair and... Toys. She can sit in and toys, you know. Yeah. Um, as you walk up the stairs, you might have noticed um, when she does start crawling, there's actually nowhere to put a safety gate.
3: It's uh, an open yeah. plan sort of style, isn't it? So yeah. the staircase is open on the left-hand side.
2: Yeah.
3: Right, let's continue up the stairs. Okay. So it looks... Aesthetically Quite a lovely house It, it is seems It seems really you know, it, new And modern yeah, and fresh cute. I think
2: it was built In the 80s So it is quite new It is just The space And the conditions That are starting to To show Around the edges
3: So we're in the bathroom now Yeah this is in the bathroom you're showing me The main window
2: Yeah and obviously You can see well, There's mold there And then the corner there And this is like a day and a half old so this it. has
3: actually been cleaned this was cleaned
2: the day before yesterday
3: actually as I look up at the ceiling the, there's water droplets coming from the ceiling Yeah. and is that because someone's just had a shower in I, here?
2: Ha- I had a bath at two o'clock and, and it's and I half past five in the afternoon yeah. and there's still like so no, there's, the window is open, the jar we can't do it much more than that because the house be freezing
3: and I suppose this moisture from here is going into the house as well
2: yeah, exactly
3: you can feel the dampness even more up here can't you Yeah. so this um, is your room
2: this is the bedroom
3: Oh, the bedroom.
2: Uh, yeah, the bedroom. So um, average size, yeah. not a
3: bad size at all for no. a double bedroom. Yeah. I'd say most people would be kind of happy with that. Yeah, but definitely. But there's a large corner being taken up by the cot. Yeah.
2: And again, same thing in here.
3: More black mould in More the corner of your bedroom.
2: Mold. When it runs all along the top of that wall and potentially above her cot, it's just not enough living space. And it's all created by three people breathing and living here. Me, I'm not being funny. Mia's sleeping there. Do you know what I mean? From a married couple's point of view, you know, it, it can go on for so long, but it does have an effect on your married life.
3: Are you finding it's having an effect?
2: <laughs> I think it's having an effect on both of us. I can't talk for Abby, but it certainly had an effect on me. Just by having sort of the confined space all the time, you're living on top of each other, so you bicker. And we never used to.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's just getting ridiculous. Well, uh, an Auburn City and District... Oh, Victoria Cook there. Excellent report. Thank you, Victoria. St Auburn City and District Council say there is great demand for social housing in the district, which exceeds supply. New powers under the Localism Act have given councils greater discretion about who can join the housing register and priority they are given. Some of the changes relate to eligibility for two-bedroom accommodation for which there is a high demand. The change is a reflection of the demand for two-bedroom properties versus the supply. Well, this morning, I want to hear from you. Who do you think should be entitled to housing where you live? 0-8459-455-555. Do you feel any sympathy for Anthony Wildman there? He was, he's going to be in the studio after 7 o'clock. Do you feel sorry for him? Can you understand the situation? It can't be great, can it? Being a married couple with a, with a young baby, living in a, in a one-bedroom house like that. Or maybe you're thinking, well, actually, it doesn't sound that bad. They're in a one-bedroom house in St Albans, lovely area. That's kind of life. What are you thinking? Give us a call. 08459 four double five five double five. Having stuff in the hallway, that's part of having kids, isn't it? we got buggies and things like that in the hall do you think should be entitled to council housing where you live? Uh, the Tramps, Hold Back the Night. I, I didn't realise that song has one of... And we'll do this one morning. The worst lines in songs. Okay? It's a great song, but it has the line, like a character in a book that I have read. Oh, right, I see. Oh, that, that book, yes. other the book that you've read, I see. We'll do that one morning. That's always uh, a fun thing. Morning, Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 four double five five double five. Who do you think should be entitled... To free council housing and, and Christmas cards I mean, can we just knock this nonsense on the head I got a Christmas card um, Yesterday from a listener Right, to Ian a Very kind, they spelled Ian wrong They spelled it E-A-N, I think But also, the name Ian was on a bit of paper In the card that was stuck down I removed that bit of paper And underneath the name Ian It was written the name Steve I was getting a second-hand Christmas card I have always, um, always been a huge supporter of libraries. I've always been a huge supporter of libraries. I went to the library yesterday to take back some books, and they were a little bit overdue. I had four books, two of them were mine, two of them were the boys, but they were on my wife's card, um, and uh, they were like maybe three weeks, maybe one of them was a month overdue. And I and I always I, my mum has brought me up well, so I always feel guilty going to the library with overdue books, and I felt very embarrassed. And I had to t- I took the adult books downstairs. This 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 tall, big gentleman. I said, "I'm really, really sorry. I got some books. I think they're a little bit overdue." He went, "Okay, not a problem. Scan them, scan them." Now I I come from the era when uh, overdue books were ten pence for the first day, then twopence a day after that. Right? For these two books, eleven pounds forty. Excuse me. And uh, there's me rumbling and fumbling in my pocket, trying to find some change. £11.40. But well, time's change, I'll pay for that. I then took the boys' books upstairs. Two of them were overdue, not quite as long. £12.80. What? You are having a laugh. She said, well, these, but these books, they are on your wife's ticket, so if, if you'd rather, um, she can pay the fine when she comes in. I went, mean, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. She's not working, but I think it's probably for the best that she learns to take responsibility for her overdue books. So I spent about £23 yesterday on library files. No wonder libraries are closing down. I could have bought Waterstones in Watford for that yesterday. Could, could have done, if I made him a cash offer. They're in libraries. Uh, Christmas cards. I'm in a good mood, but I'm having a bit of a whinge today. I hope you uh, don't mind. Uh, why bother with Christmas cards, really? What is the point of them? Well, Jen in Houghton-Regis is, uh, is not happy with me. She's texted 81333, starting her text 3CR. I always send Christmas cards to to uh, keep in touch with old friends and relations far away. And proper letters, not round robins. You're just lazy, Ian. No, I'm not lazy. Christmas cards are so expensive and such a chore. You've got to... If you've got to do... The thing is, if you are going to do them to five people, you've got to do them to 50 people, because you've got to do them to everyone. And then there's that thing... Oh, you get a Christmas card. Catherine Boyle was mentioning this. You get a Christmas card, you get it on Christmas Eve. Oh, sneaky. Too late for me to send one back, isn't it? I see what you've done there. You've you've made yourself look good. No, it's a chore. It's pointless. I don't appreciate getting Christmas cards. I barely look at them. I'll put it on the mantelpiece. But the days of of what my mum used to do is hanging ribbons on the wall and pinning the christmas cards into the ribbons really she used to hang the ribbon down the wall and put the christmas pin the christmas cards into the, really no no i think it's just women that send them can we find a bloke that sends christmas cards please oh eight four five nine four double five five double five and a sister who's on my side in this a woman who thinks that christmas cards are a load of old tosh a waste of money and don't get me started on those round robins hi everyone just a note to let you know what me and Steve have been up to through the year. Well, on January the 1st of 2012, we oh for God, I don't care don't care. We don't see each other, so why would I be interested on a completely different subject, A road in Watford is the most violent in the country. That's according to police statistics. The mayor says that's unfair and has been campaigning for two years to get the way stats are collected changed. Albert Road South, oh, do you live there? Suddenly your ears are pricked up, hasn't it? Albert Road South, it's deemed the most violent street. Even worse than places like Manchester. Whoa, violent Manchester, violent Liverpool. It's worse than that. Well, is this a true reflection of Watford? Reporter Serena Farrow spoke to the people who live at the north end of the road. Many say they are affected by late-night revellers.
5: I love living here. Who wants a telly? Look out your window and... You get all the entertainment you like. Definitely. Just draw back your curtain and there it is. So what have you seen over the years living here then? I've had my fence kicked in, I have bottles in my garden and you see the fights going on. But you see, you got all the police, you've got all the cameras, so it's quite safe really. But, I mean, yeah. you've got to blame the nightclubs, you've got to blame the food places where they're open late, which keeps the people hanging around in town so
6: they're going straight home. What can one do? Short mm. of shut the nightclubs down and all the pubs and have them shut at half ten like they used to years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Young people are coming here every weekend,
7: but uh, it's not a problem.
8: So I've had, uh, damaged done to my property uh, seven, eight times.
9: So on average, once a year at least. Yeah,
8: yeah. people defecated in my driveway, uh. urinate in your driveway. over no, you car. not Women urinating in the street. You don't need that, do you? I mean, no, no, enough's enough. I have to pay council tax here and I expect to have law and order in the place anyway. If we don't get law and order, then we'll have to do something about it ourselves. Yes. And of course, the minute you say, I'm going to form a vigilante squad, the police don't like it. You're not allowed to take the law into your own hands. But then I say, get off your backside and then do your job. In my old car now, it has been damaged so many times, but it costs me money. The council don't pay for the damage. This club attracts people from a vast area. From afar field is Luton and Milton Keynes, they, they bust them in, they all and as I oh. don't live here, you know. Somebody got into my garage and they've pinched about everything worth having.
9: How much do you think then people have lost collectively, money-wise? Oh, and when you come to it?
10: decade, it's probably in the thousand because there's been damage to cars, to fences. I know of one that was £300 to repair. It is a shame, in the sense, because it will put some people off. It would put perhaps businesses off which wouldn't be good for Watford. I know a lot of elderly don't like walking through the parade at night. I make a point of doing it.
5: (laughs) And you don't feel threatened?
8: (laughs) No, I don't. I've never felt
11: threatened there. A lot of them make their way to the station, some of them to get taxis down there rather than in the town and so on. The things that have happened at this house particularly, a hole punched in my fibreglass uh, garage door, ripping wing mirrors off or ripping wipers and aerials is a very um, common yeah. thing to do.
0: Residents of Watford there speaking to our reporter, Serena Farage. You know the street. Uh, Albert Road South. It's the most violent in the country. But, uh, do you agree with that? You live there? You've been there? You know it? I know it. and I'm aware of it. How do you feel? And, and, and if you live in Watford, how does that make you feel? Knowing that the most violent street in the country is in your town. I did like that guy. Well, if you get together a vigilante squad, the police get a little bit funny with you. Well, yeah, they might do. I can I can understand their their worries around that. I'll tell you I tell you who won't be calling in this morning. We will not get two two people. We will not get men calling in or a, even a man calling in who sends Christmas cards. I don't mean just one or two. I mean get buys the whole box and does it. We won't get that, and we won't get a woman calling in. Who doesn't send Christmas cards. I think it's a ge- genetic predisposition to either do it or not do it. Care to prove me wrong? You won't be able to. 08459 I want a bloke who sends lots of Christmas cards and a woman who doesn't bother. Speak to you possibly after this. The News and Sport now with Catherine Boyle.
9: And that's your latest News and Sport. More from me at 7 o'clock.
0: Catherine, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Christmas cards. Yeah. You, you do it, do you?
1: Yeah. But, oh. but do you know Why? Why? because otherwise you're a bad friend. There's that whole thing. It's kind of an aggressive thing. <laughs> you're a
0: bad friend? Yeah. Are you saying I'm a bad friend to my friends?
1: Women feel that. You know, If you, when I get a Christmas card, I think, oh, I haven't got you one. I'm a bad friend. There's a whole lot of guilt wrapped up in it.
0: Thank you very much. On
1: FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, you're,
0: a bad, you're a bad friend if you don't send a Christmas card. Is that really how girls' heads work? I so, I so don't know how girls work. I just don't understand them. Uh, coming up in the next half an hour, yesterday on the JVS show, uh, there was an incredible call from Tony from Milton Keynes. He's threatening to kill himself because he can't afford to live on his pension. We'll play you some of the call a bit later on and we'll find out why suicide rates amongst men over 45 have been increasing over the last five years. And are you bothering... To send Christmas cards this year You are Catherine Boyle there Normally the voice of reason she, she's a ba- she feels like she's a bad friend if she doesn't do it I'm not going to do it It costs too much and it's a waste of time 60 pence per stamp You send 10 of them It's like a fiver <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking I know, I know it's £5.60 Well Justin Dealey is in Bedfordshire this morning Finding out exactly what you think you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Uh, there's something happening on Nick Copper's show next week. It's on the 12th. Get this. Dig it. You see what they've done here. The 12th of the 12th of the 12th. On the, on the 12, 12 minutes past 12 seconds past 12 minutes past 12. Is that how you say time? It, it felt wrong, but I think it's right. 12 seconds past 12 minutes past 12. You wouldn't normally say the seconds. That's where it really We, and I say we, I don't mean me, I, I exclude myself from this we, plan to capture a single moment across the whole of Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. So you need to get your camera ready, you've got enough time, it's the 12th of the 12th of the 12th at 12 seconds past 12 on 12 o'clock. Huh? Uh, and take a picture, and Nick's going to come on the show, I think, he's going to come on my show on Tuesday and have a little chitty chat about that and explain it in far better detail than I ever, ever could Oh eight four five nine 459 double, 555 double, five is the phone number if you want to give us a call about any of the things we're talking about. And here's something you might want to have a say on. One in five pensioners are living in poverty. But how bad do things have to get before people take drastic measures to solve the problem? Since 2007, suicide rates for men aged 45 to 74 have been increasing, and now they're the highest they've ever been. Yesterday, Tony called the JVS show.
12: I'm hearing, if you like this dissemination of of language against pensioners from all authorities when I spoke to my pension department, asking why it was so low, they said, you should be grateful you've been granted it. I said, granted a pension? I've earned it. I've paid in for 45 years. And then I heard in the House of Commons, because I watched the Parliament channel now and again, and there was a lady I can't remember her name, Lady So-and-So who stood up and made a speech saying that the problem with this country has got to be dealt with, especially the elderly who are draining society with their pensions You try living on food. Pinot Grigio, I can't afford a bottle of Ribena. What I'm going to do is I've drafted a letter. It's going to go to the the Prime Minister and all other interested and relevant uh, media that I shall be enacting my self-determination.
10: What do you mean, you will be enacting your self-determination?
12: I will be taking my life.
10: Wow.
0: Well, Neil Duncan-Jordan is National Officer for the National Pensioners' Convention, joins me on the line now. Morning, Neil. Good morning, Ian. Are there a lot of... I mean, Tony there is obviously very distressed and is uh, is worried about his financial situation. I'm
10: guessing that there are more pensioners who uh, would consider such action, are there? Well, Tony's right to raise the important point about how older people are being portrayed at the moment, and I think he used the phrase burden on society. In fact, in the last six months, we've seen... Uh, Uh, commentators in the media, leading politicians and a number of academics and think tanks all use this expression that the country's got a problem and the problem is that older people are a burden. Actually, none of the statistics show that uh, older people add tremendous value to the country. 40 billion, in fact, every year is put back into society more than it costs to pay pensions and care through taxes, through voluntary work, and through unpaid caring. So pensioners are not a burden, they're an asset. But Tony's other point, I think, is, you know, why do people feel like this? Uh, And I think there are a number of general reasons. I don't know about his specific uh, case, but in general there are a number of reasons. Firstly, when people give up work. They often feel like their meaning uh, uh, and their status is lost. We value people in work so much that the minute you step outside the workplace, you feel like you're second class and nobody cares. Then there's the issue of income. Of course, Britain has one of the lowest state pensions in Europe. I
0: was going to ask you, how, do, how does it compare with other countries?
10: Yeah, I mean, we're fourth from bottom out of 27 European countries, so, I mean, we're, it's not good. Uh, It's not good at all, and uh, one in five pensioners live below the poverty line. You mentioned that in your introduction. It's not just the fact that your income is low, it's the fact that your costs are high. Uh, In this country, obviously, we've seen rising fuel costs, food costs, and so on, and pensioners' incomes are not rising as fast as inflation. In fact, the government have changed the way in which inflation is measured to give you less than you would have got previously. That's another concern and the final concern really is the issue of how you're cared for when you can no longer care for yourself. Every week there's a headline somewhere about an older person in hospital or in a care home who's been mistreated. Now that's not to say that every uh, institution is bad, every nurse, every care worker is terrible. That, that's not the case but when you get a constant uh, stream Of stories that are very negative about the way in which older people are being neglected or abused it makes people extremely worried about well what happens if I have to go into care am I going to be treated badly and it's a big concern now I'm not saying any of those reasons are the reasons why Tony has made this decision But you can see the sort of pressures and and concerns that older people have.
0: Neil, in terms of the finances of of the pension and of of, of care and things like that, there is no money, is there? Everyone's having to make cutbacks. What what more could the government do, do you think?
10: Well, there is money. Uh, I'm sure (laughs) some of your listeners will realise that, you know, uh, last March when uh, uh, the Chancellor gave a a freeze on the age-related allowances for pensioners, known as the granny tax he gave a 5% reduction in the tax rate for those on £150,000 a year. But But there is is money around.
0: Well, there isn't, though, is there? He would argue that that, by, by reducing that tax rate, that would actually bring in more tax.
10: Well, uh, no, no, no. Uh, it bring, brings in less, of course, because they, they're taxed at a lower rate. Well,
0: no, but he was saying that they would bring in more tax because of the way people's financial th- th- things are set up. Th- there is no money. Everyone's having to make cuts, aren't they? No,
10: there, there is there is money. Where? Well, there is money. Well, the National Insurance Fund, for example, has got over £30 billion in it, uh, which is what pensioners paid in for years and what today's workers pay into. But there's also money around. I mean, you've seen the recent debate about Starbucks and taxation and so on. There is money around, uh, and I think... Neil, you keep
0: saying there's money around, I don't mean to push this point, but but there isn't. Hospitals are facing cutbacks, libraries are being closed, they're in the biggest debt that we've ever been in, there isn't
10: money... Well th- th- there is money around Where? Th- th- there is an estimate that there's up to a hundred and twenty billion in tax which is not being collected but the,
0: but, the, but, the, but, the, but that doesn't mean that's not money that's actually there that's money that, that that is not being collected for whatever reason. There is no money in a pot there's no pot of money anywhere. To well, pay there for are, these well, there are.
10: The National Insurance Fund is a pot of money. I've just told you there's £30 billion in that. It, but, it's it's but it's also the way in which money is distributed. The existing money is distributed. That's another way of looking at it. And we're giving tax relief to the better off in their pension contributions, and they don't need it. And that money could be redistributed further down the line. So that when you argue there is no money, there is money, it's where it's going. Why
0: shouldn't, why shouldn't I? Because I get, I get tax
10: relief for my pension
0: contributions. Why shouldn't I get that?
10: Yeah, but should you get it at the 40% rate rather than the 20% rate? That's the argument. Yeah.
0: Neil, listen, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for that. Neil Duncan-Jordan, National Officer for the uh, National Pensioners' Convention. Uh, well, later on in the show, we'll be speaking to Claire Wiley from the Samaritans and co-author of a report looking at the problems men face as they reach retirement and why some do consider suicide. David Preve in for JVS today. He'll be catching up with Tony and Milton Keynes after ten. He'll be asking, do you know what it's like to live on the bare minimum? Uh, I hope I, you I don't think I was pushing Neil there, but I don't, I don't think there is any money. He said, that's that's the the, the thing, you know, and and, and a few million here, a few million there. It ain't a lot in the great scheme of things, really. Fascinating. I should just tease up, dear listener, in a few moments, I'll be playing the first Christmas song of this show. Oh, no, 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 don't. Because it's the best Christmas song of all time. Not Frank Sidebottom, sorry. It's the second best Christmas song of all time. But before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rosini. BBC Three Counties Radio. And, and not just not just radios, Elizabeth Razzini. Yes. It's televisions, Elizabeth Razzini. We, yes. all, we all got excited. I got a, a, really? a I got a wave on the glass saying, Elizabeth's on the TV. She's on the TV. Oh. <laughs> and we came through. You're wearing a very well, summery dress this morning.
6: No, it's not. It's a winter dress. Well, Look got, at the colours.
0: It's got loads of bright flowers on it.
6: Yes, I know, but it's a winter dress. It's very thick material. I couldn't tell the thickness. It's to to cheer us all up on what is going to be quite a bleak day. Oh, I'll I'll let you get on with it then. Go on. Well, um, we're going to see some wintry showers. That's what we're going to see. But it's slightly milder this morning. I don't know if you've noticed that. I
0: had noticed that. Very quickly, Elizabeth Christmas Mm -hmm. cards, do you send them?
6: um oh they're getting fewer and fewer i always have to send one to like my old auntie my godmother and and people like that people that don't i wouldn't necessarily email but no, i'm not not very good at that elizabeth thank
0: you very much for the first lady to to duck out of the cards uh oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number uh you can text us as well uh eight one three double three slightly text three cr uh ian i'm a male and I buy, write, and send my own Christmas cards every year. My wife sends her own ones. Well, you do separate ones and you're married? Are you insane? And we agree on who will send to the mutual friends, but we both sign those. From Colin, David from Marsh Farm. Ian, I send about 60 Christmas cards and hand deliver about 90% of them. Are you mental brothers? Come on! Right. This is the first Christmas song I've played. I'm actually excited. I'm getting tingles. What a Christmas song. It it doesn't get any better than this. Paul McCartney, he's simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Good on you, fella. Come on. Ah. That's three minutes, 46 seconds of pure Christmas. Boingy bass, weird keyboards, very strange guitar sounds, beautiful harmonies. That, my friends, is Christmas. Christmas starts today. Excellent work. Justin Dealey is out and about in Toddington. Morning, Justin. Oh, Ian. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, Justin. Oh, Ian, that was
13: wonderful, it wasn't, wasn't
0: it? It wasn't it for that. Oh. It's Christmas in a pop song. How cool is oh. that?
13: I am just so, so excited. You have done it for me this morning. Oh. Paul McCartney, we roll him out every Christmas, isn't it?
0: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd love to be described as being rolled out every Christmas. <laughs> Christmas car- We're talking Christmas cards this morning, yes. Justin. While I love Christmas, I love everything about Christmas, I think that sending cards, it's expensive, it's a chore, it's a waste mm. of time. What do you reckon?
13: Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I, I don't send Christmas cards. I used to. It is a bit of a chore, and you go and buy a box of what, 200 Christmas cards. They're all the same. How can that be personal, Ian? How no, can that be rubbish. personal? That's a rubbish. It can't be. Well, I'm at Toddington Services this morning. Do people still send Christmas cards? A moment ago, I popped into the building to get some reaction. There is a surprise in this particular piece of audio. This is what happens. Now, Jean, you do send Christmas cards. Tell us why you do it every year.
6: Um, because I keep in touch with people that I don't see all through the year or for several years So I send them to know that I'm still around, still thinking about them
13: So anybody who doesn't send them, are they just miserable? <laughs>
6: um, yes, they are yeah,
13: yes. <laughs> I don't send them. Am I miserable then? Definitely. Extra miserable?
6: Definitely yeah.
13: <laughs> Thanks for that. Have a good day uh, We found an Australian, I cannot believe this, that we were looking for an Aussie all day yesterday We couldn't find one. What's your name, madam? Jasmine Now, Jasmine, Christmas cards first of all, do you send them every year?
4: Um, Yeah, well, my dad and I send them to the family in England.
13: And that's really important you do that because that Christmas card means a lot. Yes. You don't know what's coming next, do you? You're worried about this. (laughs) Whilst you were on your flight, um, there was a prank call made by an Australian radio station to the hospital where Kate Middleton was staying. (laughs) <laughs> yes a prank call they, they almost got through so this is your opportunity right now to apologise for your nation's behaviour would you like to say sorry across beds, hearts and butts
4: yeah that is, that is completely deplorable I'm really, I'm really disappointed in my country, my culture um, I'm really happy to be here yeah, um, yeah I just would like to apologise on behalf of Australia that's really disappointing that's very sincere <laughs>
13: thank you <laughs> thanks guys okay. have a good day thank you so much yeah, there you well, go yeah. Fair the Aussie as well um, madam what's your name? Uh, my name's Judith. Can you be bothered to send Christmas cards? What is the point? Um, well, there is a good point still, but not everyone like uses
14: the mail system a lot now. So thinks like by email, text... And is that because stamps
13: are too expensive?
14: Um, that might be a reason, yeah, yeah, but I'd have to pay for stamps, yeah. So So
13: can, when you were younger, you did send Christmas cards, but not anymore. It's because you, you're simply too busy.
14: There's probably one reason, yeah, and it's more quicker now by doing it other means. There you go.
0: Just some of the actually. That mm. poor Aussie girl, right? She just gets off a really long flight. Yeah. She sees a bloke <laughs> with a microphone that says BBC on it, and yes, she's asked yes. to apologise for her nation's behaviour. <laughs> she sounded terrified. <laughs>
13: terrified.
10: Well, she apologised. She, she
13: was, you know, when I told her what had happened, she, yes. she was devastated by right it. So actually, we have that apology. Um, Thank we you haven't got enough time to. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got enough time to play them all. But I did speak to another man a moment ago who said, look, you know, a lot of people send e Christmas cards. That is just. a nonsense "I, I go out every single year I do buy Christmas cards because there's so many people that I know so many people that I'm friendly with I don't get the chance to speak to them that often so it's a card once a year to say I'm still here and I still care
0: uh, Deborah, listen to this, Deborah, uh, Justin Deborah has, has, has sent us a text There's no point to Christmas cards, they're a waste of money Which is, which is fine and Then she goes, I can say Happy Christmas to you on your Facebook Oh
13: no! <laughs> I don't want that! <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want a card, you don't want a Facebook message What do you want, Ian? A present A present, yeah. I knew it was coming to that, yeah. What have you got me this year, Just? Well, um, I was going to pop into a pound shop um, probably next week and and see what I can rustle up for you. Justin Daly, thank you very much.
0: Uh, Marilyn has texted as well. 81333, starting the text 3CR. Morning, bar humbug to you. You can't bar humbug me. I love Christmas. How dare you? I think it's lovely to get a Christmas or birthday card in the post instead of bills. So don't get letters, only emails. I'm sure that goes for a lot of people. I bet you don't even write to Santa anymore. Well, Marilyn, I, I, you've, you've caught me on the hoof. I write to Santa every year. Shove that letter up that chimney. 08459 four double five five double five. Christmas cards, really? There is no point to them. Think of all those poor trees. Thank you, Catherine. Morning. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past seven, it's Friday. To quote R. Kelly, it's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun, including decorating the Christmas tree. I'm all Christmas now. I bought the tree yesterday and made an executive dad decision. We were supposed to be moving before Christmas. It's looking unlikely, shall we say? Oh, oh, yeah! Because someone in this chain of six houses turns out hasn't got British residency, and they've got to they've got to apply for it before they get a mortgage approved. Ah! Anyway, bought Christmas tree, played the first Christmas song of the year. Just then, Paul McCartney, get in in a Christmas mood. Lots coming up on the show this morning, as always. Would love your opinion. Uh, a lot of you using the Facebook page this morning. And you're being quite feisty on there. I like it. I'll give out the details in a bit. Here's what we're talking about. See what grabs your fancy. Who do you think should be entitled to council housing? We're going to speak to a St Albans man in a second and find out why he's unhappy he can't be moved from a one-bedroom house to a two-bedroom property. You, the taxpayer, you're going to face a big bill over the botched West Coast Rail franchise process. Virgin is going to run the service through Watford and Milton Keynes for the next two years. Are you happy travelling to keep travelling on Virgin trains? And let's be honest, Christmas cards. Big waste of time and far too expensive. No one really pays any attention to it. But ultimately, they're going to get chucked in the bin. I tell you what, just go and put a fiver in the bin now. It's all you need to do. If you want to get in touch, lots of ways, 08459 455 555, a couple of lines free now, so now's a good time to call. You can text 81333, start your text 3CR, or, and and more and more of you are doing this, and I think it's a great way of doing it, because you can have little arguments with each other, and I love to see you argue. Just play nicely. It's good to see you argue. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. If you go there now,
0: you'll see a picture of the house that we're about to talk about. Uh, You might live in a property that you feel is too small for you and your family, but at what point should the council provide you with a bigger one? Well, the rules surrounding the way in which people are allocated council houses in St Albans has changed this week. Our new policy makes it more difficult for tenants to get bigger properties. Anthony Wildman lives with his wife, Abby, and their five-month-old baby in a one-bedroom house in the city. They've been told they're now not eligible for a bigger property until their child is two years old. They say the house is so small it's causing damp and making the baby ill. Anthony is now suffering depression and they feel their marriage is being strained well we sent our reporter Victoria Cook to go meet them and have a look at their house so
3: we're in the bathroom now yeah this is in the bathroom you're showing me the main window
0: yeah and obviously you can see all there's mold there in the
2: corner there and this is like a day and a half old so this has
3: actually been cleaned this was cleaned
2: the day before yesterday
3: actually as I look up at the ceiling there's water droplets coming from the ceiling yeah and is that because someone's just had a shower in I here?
2: Ha- I had a bath at two o'clock. And, and it's and I half past five
3: in the afternoon. Yeah.
2: And there's still like there. The window is open, the jar. We can't do it much more than that because the house be freezing.
3: And I suppose this moisture from here is going into the house as well. Yeah, exactly. You can feel the dampness even more up here, can't you? Yeah.
2: So this um, is your room. This is the bedroom. The bedroom Uh, Yeah, the bedroom So Um, average size Not a
3: bad size at all For a double bedroom I'd say most people Would be kind of happy with that But there's a large corner Being taken up by the cot
2: Yeah And again Same thing in here
3: More black mould In the corner of your bedroom
2: When it runs all along The top of that wall And potentially above her cot
0: it's just not enough living space, and it's all created by three people breathing and living here. That's our reporter, Victoria Cook, uh, speaking to Anthony Wildman. And Anthony joins you on the land now. Morning, Anthony. Good morning. Why do you think you're entitled to a bigger house?
15: Well, I mean, the size of our house is very small. And the, the actual space that we've got um, for Mia it's just not enough. Um, babies come with a lot of baggage, and I'm, I'm sure everyone knows, as you would know, being a dad. And there's just not enough room. There's no storage space. It, it's really, really confined. Um, the law states for the 1935 Overcrowding Act, if you've got so many square feet, um, you're not to be living sort of below that below that mark. When I've measured it and looked at it, we're below that mark. So the council and their new Act, localism Act, are breaking the law anyway.
0: Why, why don't you rent privately?
15: Because I can't afford rent privately. I work 21 hours a week, um, earning 7 pounds to an hour, um, I was made redundant earlier this year, so I took a, full, I took a part-time job because I couldn't find a full-time job just because I wanted to work and pay my tax and pay my way. Um, I've done for 30 years, and I can't afford to work privately, uh, rent privately in St Albans.
0: Council waiting lists, as we, as we know, properties are, 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 are so long, and some people yeah. might argue, and in fact a couple of people have posted on the Facebook page, that you should be grateful for a property of any size.
15: Look, we are grateful for property of any size, but the people <laughs> I'd imagine that have, that have posted them probably live in a three-bedroom house or a two-bedroom house. My argument to them is you come and stay here with a, a five-month-old baby that's yeah. already probably been suffering from asthma, um, who's had viral meningitis, and, and live in this property. That would be my argument to them. I am grateful for what we've got. I know there's a big waiting list, but all that's happening here is they're making the waiting list smaller by making people that already have a need. But these, these people's needs haven't gone away. We've still got a need. They assess that need, and then they've taken it away without any notice, well, four weeks' notice. St so, Albans is nice, isn't it? It's a lovely area.
0: Why don't you consider moving somewhere that's not quite so afflu- affluent, not quite so desirable, like Hemel or Welling Garden City, where it's, it's cheaper?
16: Well, we could do that,
15: but would the rent be any cheaper? Because we live in housing association uh, council anyway. We could not rent, afford to rent privately. I bring home £147 a week. That's what I bring home. Anywhere you live, I'm paying child maintenance to my previous relationship from 15 years ago. I'm paying, getting food, paying petrol for a car, the cost of that will go up. It's just not practical. I'm not one of these people who sit around and get all my benefits paid. I work on low income. And so moving moving away isn't going to help.
0: What, but my, I'm kind of thinking what my mum would say and what my nan would say. And my mum... Uh, for a while, when she had my sister lived in a one-bedroom house, and yeah. it was tough, a one-bedroom flat, it was tough, but they, they
15: got on with it. Right, OK. Yeah, we are getting on with it, and we're going to have to get on with it until we're two. My judgment is, is for everyone out there, when, when that child is two, yeah, we're going to have to wait even longer, and then you've got to try and get that child into a room. It's just not affecting us, it's going to affect me later on in your life.
0: Yeah. Uh, why do you think you're more of a priority than other vulnerable, vulnerable people?
15: Oh, I don't think I'm more of a I think I, more, I think I have the same rights as everyone else done that have been taken away. Mm-hmm. All them rights from people been taken away, it's across the whole spectrum. There's people that have had council houses for nine or ten years and they'll be removed from the housing list. Well, if they have come back to times and they get back on the housing list and they bid again, all them rights to a discount that so social sort of government want everyone to want, have their own home, it's been removed because they're new classes, new tenants.
0: Actually, can I read you a couple of comments from the Facebook page? Uh, yeah. the people have written. Uh, Jackie Robinson, we put a picture of your, uh, of your living room and your kitchen up. Jackie Robinson has posted, looks nice. Uh, Helen has posted, they're lucky to have a council home. All, of, all three of my kids have to rent from landlords and finding it hard to find the rents. And Helen says, why do they think they should be entitled to anything? I own my own property, would love a bigger house, but I can't afford it. Be grateful you have a roof over your head. Why should the state provide for them? Right,
8: okay. Um,
15: they're all very good comments and it's nice to hear people saying that a house is nice it's nice of them to comment on that it's a nice comment um, what I would say is I don't expect the state to provide me loads of loads of money for like council tax and benefits and whatever I've paid a lot of money into the system I've fallen on hard times I, you know, all I want is a little bit of help now if we'd known the situation was going to happen in a year's time, two years' time we could have planned for that the point is that they've done it and given four weeks notice any legislation or act it's normally introduced a year or two years down the line. They haven't done that. They've given four weeks' notice.
0: There are some people who would say, Anthony, that you shouldn't have kids unless you know that, you're, <laughs> unless you, know that you can financially look after them and you have the, 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 the means to look after them.
15: OK. When um, my wife and I got married last year, we were both in employment, she fell pregnant two months after we got married. I got made redundant just before just after Mia came along. So how am I meant to know that? Nah. I was financially stable at the time. Why how am I meant to know I'm gonna get made redundant? Why she weren't you renting because of this situation. Yeah.
0: Why weren't you renting then?
15: Because Abby was living when Abby was provided a council home when she was When you were first, both working? No, she wasn't working at the time actually, she was living with her own then. This was years ago.
0: Okay. So but you you both had jobs last year, why weren't you renting then? Because we had a cancer home. But you could have afforded to, to pay rent then? No, not on the money I was on. Okay. Uh, and Steve, th- listen, thanks very much for coming on.
15: Thank you very much for inviting me on, Ian. It's been a pleasure.
0: You're welcome. Uh, well, that's Anthony Wildman. Uh, we've got a statement from St Albans uh, District Council, who, City and District Council. They say, new powers under the Localism Act have given councils greater discretion. Uh, the change uh, is a reflection of the demand for two-bedroom properties versus the supply. Uh, well, go to the Facebook page. I, d- I, genuinely, I hope you don't think I was being harsh there. Because uh, I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about this. It's one of those things. Normally, I know exactly how I feel. On this one, I don't know how I feel. Listen, I, I'm very sympathetic. They've got a five-month-old baby. I just know that my mum, you know, they, they, my mum and my dad and my sister lived in a one-bedroom flat for a while, you know, and you, you kind of get on with things. I, I wish, wish them the very best of luck. Anyway, uh, you can go to the Facebook page and have a look at uh, some pictures of the damp and some pictures of the house. Christmas cards. Waste of money? Of course they are. Paul's in late and buzzard. Morning, Paul. Good morning, They're a waste of money, aren't they, Paul?
17: Oh, rubbish. What? Rubbish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I normally send, uh, or my wife and I normally send about about hundred cards a year.
0: Squeeze me a hundred cards. Yes,
17: yes. Now, when you say you and your like wife, a wide circle of friends and oh. uh, etc.
0: When you say you and your wife, do, do, is it your wife that does the writing?
17: No, I do. I, I do about seventy percent of Ooh, them. blimey. There we are. But what I was going to say is that the, in this year's Christmas cards, yep. apart from those I sent to my family, I've put a note to say that um, in future. Uh, I won't be sending a card instead uh. I'll be making a donation to the brain tumor research because oh. of um you know family uh, situation so yeah. um that's what I'm going to be doing but I always make a point of sending I always send Dr Bernardo's
0: card so you you're, cards. you're, you're cards. helping out a little bit which is great yes. but you've decided that, that your money could be could be spent elsewhere on, on something better and um, more appropriate brain uh, tumor charity absolutely how much do you spend a year on Christmas cards for?
17: Um, well, uh, I if I work out 100 uh, 100 cards about 80 of them are s- uh, sent in the post. Yeah. So um uh, you're talking what what is the first card 60 pence subscribe? a stamp
0: these days. 50? 60. What? 60, Paul.
17: 60. Well, no, i sent second class. Again. Yeah, good for you. Good, yeah, good. Good for you. <laughs> so, work it out. But I spent, you know, but that money, and going to go to the brain tumour reason.
0: Well, Paul, listen, well done. Good for you, fella. Thank you for that. Uh, now, a road in Watford is apparently the most violent in the country. Mm, that's according to police statistics. The mayor says that's unfair, and has been campaigning for two years to get the way stats are collected changed. Albert Road South is deemed the most violent street, even worse than places like Manchester and scary Liverpool. The problem is that a nightclub is also on the street and that sort of skews the figures a bit. Well, Dorothy Thornhill is the mayor of Watford, but she's also been campaigning to change the way the stats are formulated. Morning, Dorothy. Good morning, Ian. And on the other line, we've also got Chief Inspector for Watford, Nick Caveley. Morning, Chief Inspector. Good morning. Dorothy, we'll speak to you first. You, You fear it sends out the wrong message about Watford, don't you?
18: Yes, I do, because if it were true, then obviously we would have a massive problem on our hands. Um, That said, we are always working to bring down crime in the high street, which I'm sure uh, the Chief Inspector will um, confirm. Yes, I mean, for for most of my residents, they worry about what happens at the top of the town at night. But the irony is, the fact that we have thousands, and I mean thousands, of young people coming to the town centre to enjoy a night out, they actually tell us they come because they feel safe because they believe Watford is well policed, they believe there's good security at the venues, um, and they come and they enjoy it, but it sends out to the rest of, of everywhere, not just my residents, but in the area, that this is not a safe place to come. So
0: the, the stats are wrong for saying Albert Ro- Road South is on no, a no. street? No, no, it's the way the stats are compiled, and I, I, I'm not
18: techie, but the bottom line is, if you look at the list, you'll notice that there's nothing for London, nothing for Nottingham deemed the, you know, the, the, the worst place in the country. It's the fact that we've got a large number of visitors and a small number of residents in that area, and it's the way that the stats are compiled. Chief
0: Inspector, the stats are compiled in a wrong and misleading way. Is that, is that right?
19: Um, well, it's uh, absolutely right to reassure everyone that actually what we do in the town centre is very robust. Um, and designed to keep everybody safe. The context around the particular figures here, as Dorothy has suggested, it's a very short street of about 200 yards with a predominantly commercial premises, but a small number, and we're talking four or five houses. Um, Unfortunately, the way that the national statistics... Are displayed is um, all crime for the parade and the high street, which are solely commercial premises, are allocated on the website to this particular street because that's where the the, the nearest houses are.
0: We've heard stories this morning, Chief Inspector, and Dorothy, we'll go to you first, Nick, Uh, from people who live in that street and live in that area, and they have seen some pretty horrible things. Women urinating in the street, some guy had someone defecating up his driveway, Uh, theft, violence, so it's not a great place, is it, that street?
19: Well, uh, and that's why I, I, I started by reassuring um, your listeners that we're taking very robust police action. Mm. We have daytime and nighttime operations, and we've just launched our, our local responsibility plan, whereas a partnership with Dorothy um, and the local council... We're asking um, the local licensed premises to take some more responsibility for um, some of the issues that we recognise. Dorothy,
0: let me go to Dorothy, Nick. Sorry, uh, Dorothy, yep. we've heard some, some pretty awful stories. Well, of course you
18: will hear that from my residents. If you put thousands of young people, mainly under 25, together in a small area, um, out for the night, you will get that sort of thing. I'm absolutely delighted that they didn't say even
0: worse things, quite frankly. defecating on your driveway is quite bad. Um,
18: yes, it is. Um, but, I, but, but I think, um, you know, there could be other things that could be a lot worse than that. And I'm, do, Please don't get me wrong, I'm not demeaning that. I'm just delighted that that is the sort of things they were saying.
20: Sorry? You are delighted um, that
18: they were... No, s- what I'm saying is they could be saying that there was really violent okay, fights,
20: yes. that there point, were yes.
18: people fornicating in their doorway. Um, you know, the kind of things you see on videos on the television um, are really really quite distressing. Um, And whilst these things are absolutely distressing to people, um, you know, I think it could be a lot worse. But the key point is um, we do communicate with those people, we do know what's going on, and we are working to make it better.
0: Dorothy, do you think things like this, these statistics and and, and stories and and hearsay, that they discourage people from going into Watford late at night because of its image? I think they... um, They
18: discourage older people, and that's my real, real issue. It clearly doesn't discourage the young people, because they do go, they love it, and as I say, they say they go because they feel safe, and I include my own family um, amongst that. But for the rest of my residents, it gives them a really bad perception of their town centre. Um, But never at any time would you get myself or the police saying that there aren't issues to address, because there are, and we take residents' concerns very, very seriously, and we always make adjustments and we try and improve things in the area um, as as best we can. But sadly, we have a culture in this country of, um, you know, young people, when they're out for a night out, a small minority of them do actually ruin it for the rest.
0: Nick, the, the system, it would appear, is slightly flawed in that case in terms of, of registering and, and calculating just how violent or a, a dangerous a place is. It, c- can the system be changed at all?
19: Um, it's obviously, obviously a national system, um, and I think it's been set up primarily to reflect or allow residents to look into their areas uh, and understand what's going on in their areas In this particular case, obviously, um, that creates a bit of a skew, um, and indeed we're working with some of the national compilers to try and um, sort that out.
0: Nick, can I ask you, just going off a complete tangent, so bear with me for a second. We're talking this morning about sending Christmas cards. You sound like a responsible, decent, upstanding uh, police officer. Do you bother to send Christmas cards, or do you think they're a waste of time?
19: Uh, I'll certainly be sending Christmas cards to my nearest and dearest this Ooh, Christmas. Oh, you're good. Um, Dorothy, and, and Dorothy, I bet you'll be sending loads, won't you?
0: I've been signing
18: away for the last few days, yes.
0: Uh, have, you got, have you got writer's cramp yet? So is that come on? Not quite, but it's getting that way. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Dorothy Thornhill, the Mayor of Watford, and Chief Inspector for Watford, Nick Caveney.
1: The BBC in beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Well, 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 well. I just don't get the Christmas cards thing. I don't get it. And I don't I'm not even that bothered when I get one because if I get sent one, my heart it, it sort of sinks a little bit. It sort of sinks and I'm like, "Oh, I've got to I've got to respond to these people now." I don't bother responding to them, really. I find it uh, tedious uh, and a chore. So uh, I'll have none of that. I'll have none of that, I'll let you know. Um, Let's have a look. A few comments on the Facebook page. I do like it when you go on the Facebook page uh, and say bits and pieces. And um, Anthony's posting on there as well. Well done, Anthony. Thank you for getting involved. I was worried that I was maybe a bit harsh with Anthony, but um, I'm glad he seems to be a good sport about the whole thing. This was the house we talked about earlier on. It's a young couple. They've got a young five-month-old baby. Uh, It's a one-bedroom place. St Albans have changed the rules, which means they can't apply for a two-bedroom place until the kid is two um lena day says i have a three-bedroom house with a disabled husband three grown up children and a granddaughter know how that man feels but at least we have somewhere to live anthony uh, who we spoke to says i would like to invite anyone who wants to come and see it for yourself the point i'm taking making is it's been taken away without notice um leanne says i was about to say say the same the 1985 housing act uh includes lounges as a suitable place to sleep um And Anthony going to post. I'm grateful for having our place. It's just having our rights taken away. And, and in terms of the damp, Mark Ross is saying you need a humi- dehumidifier. They're good dehumidifiers. They're a bit pricey. I think about 120 quid if you want to get something that's half decent. Uh, on the subject of Christmas cards, Mike is in Luton. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, and how are you? Um, I'm getting annoyed with christmas i listen i love christmas i'm so excited by it we're going to decorate the christmas tree today wonderful but christmas cards mike please you, you agree with me we don't need them do we
15: absolutely disagree oh you are joking oh i'm not joking i sit down with my little boy every year and we write cards out me and my little boy together so how old is your little boy he's 10 now so oh, we right. bu-
0: mike let him write his own cards
15: well, we do them together. He tells me who he wants them to go to, and we do them together. So, well, well, oh.
0: for, in that context, that's actually quite nice. Sitting down with your boy and having, a...
15: of course, it is Ian, and you—you
0: got the boys as well, haven't you? Yeah, but I'm going to when they're old enough to write, they can write them themselves. You sit them,
15: take the effort and the time <laughs> to sit down and do it with them. You'll love it. I won't. I won't love it. I'd rather <laughs> you will love it. You're such a misery. I'm not. <laughs>
0: I'm not. Listen, my little boy was at his <laughs> um, his his grandma's, his yaya's yesterday, and I didn't get to see him. He came back uh, about seven o'clock, quite late, and he was a bit sleepy. And he was, I, I put him to bed, and he was dressed in his clothes, but he had loads of, you know you get those, um, rollers that you roll up and down your clothes to get the, the, the yep. dust off, right, and yep. the, the, he had loads of bits of that stuck all over him. I said, what, what on earth, I nearly gave his name away there, I said, what, what on earth are you dressed up as? He went, Daddy, I'm Dr. Robot. <laughs> Dr. Robot. Fantastic. Absolutely. Mike, isn't that, but they are, they are the most fun, yeah. Mike, so how many cards are you going to be sending this year, Mike? Oh, probably that 50 60 something like that ay, ay, ay. <laughs> well listen you're a good man for doing it with your boy congratulations have a- mike yeah merry christmas merry christmas to you there we go we're starting to say it it's in on friday the 7th of december i've said two merry christmases i was so proud of my boy why are you why have you got all this um sticky paper all over your clothes I'm Dr. Robot, Daddy. I am Dr. Robot. <laughs> you, you, you can't come up with a cooler name than that. The imagination of three, four, five-year-olds, it's just... They're bonkers, aren't they? Imagine if you were my age, and you, you I came into work one day with bits of paper all stuck to me. Went, Morning, everyone. Dr. Robot today. <laughs> Call me Dr. Robot, please. <laughs> you would get locked up. You would get locked up. But at that age... You're allowed to do it. And that sounds nice, Mike, you know, having a little, a little session with his, his 10-year-old boy, sitting down and writing cards. But I do kind of think, all right, at 10, get him to write his own cards? <laughs> you know, he, I'm sure, unless there's a problem, I'm sure he can sit down and write his own cards. I did like cards when I was at school. Do you remember at school, they would have, um, uh, a, a, a sort of, the beginning of December, a big red post box would appear, Uh, in, in, like, the school... What do they call it? School Hall? or reception, and you would write your cards, and you would post them, and then after sort of lunchtime or something, the cards would get dished out uh, and passed around, and you would see who we got what. I enjoyed that. 08459 455 555. Is travel going to join us this morning, or should we should we skip on to them and, 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 and go to the news? I'll tell you what's happening. Basically, the roads are all a little bit uh, skewy. Some of them we fine. Oh, are you going to do, travel? Oh, this is exciting. Look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, with the travel, it's my producer, Laura. Hearts and Bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. You go, girl.
5: OK, I'm off. There's queuing traffic due to an accident now on the hard shoulder of the M25.
0: Laura, sorry, could you could you actually speak into the microphone TV. so they can hear you? I
5: am speaking into like, the microphone. We can't hear you, it's a bit quiet. I'm speaking into the microphone. Uh, there's queuing traffic due to an accident on the hard shoulder on the M25 anti-clockwise. If there's something that we're not talking about, though, do give us a ring and update us on 08459 455555. Your next travel news is in around 15 minutes.
0: Hey, well done, Laura. Oh, Laura! Thanks. And it was nice to hear your posh voice. Thanks, I put my posh voice on. <laughs> that was good, excellent <laughs> stuff, thank you. Right! Turn my mic down now. It's 7 31, a bit later than usual. Let's go and get the latest news and sport now with Catherine Boyle.
6: And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah! Um, anything in the bin? Uh, well, I haven't put anything in the bin this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> Hang on.
0: Sorry. Uh,
1: oh, er... Uh, yeah. No.
0: Don't, don't worry, th- I'm ready now.
1: Oh. Uh.
0: <laughs> Hello? Uh. Kath. Hello? You, have you got anything or should I...
1: This shows how long this has been in here. A okay. lottery winner has until 11 o'clock tonight to claim a £64 <laughs> million <pound> prize. <laughs> <laughs> Save paper, kids. Thank you. For... Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is BBC <laughs> Three Counties Radio.
0: I do like... I do like the news bin sorry i wasn't ready i got the wrong thing up on my computer to play i do like the news bin but you, just in case that is old news that is old news from the news bin coming up in the next half hour of the show yesterday there was a, a, an amazing call to the jvs show from tony from milton keynes uh, he's threatening to kill himself because he can't afford to live on his pension we'll play you some of that call later on and speak to the samaritans about whether they've had similar calls And guess what? You, the taxpayer, you're going to face a big bill over the botched West Coast rail franchise process. Virgin is going to run the services through Watford and Milton Keynes for the next two years. Well, reporter Justin Dealey is on his way to Milton Keynes to find out how commuters feel about it. Now, it's a sad fact that one in five pensioners are living in poverty. But how bad do things have to get before people take drastic measures to solve the problem? Since 2007, suicide rates for men aged 45 to 74 have been increasing, and now they're the highest they've ever been. Yesterday, Tony spoke to Jonathan Vernon-Smith.
12: I'm hearing, if you like, this dissemination of, of language against pensioners from all authorities. When I spoke to my pension department, asking why it was so low, they said, you should be grateful you've been granted it. I said, granted a pension? I've earned it. I've paid it in for 45 years. And then I heard in the House of Commons, because I watched the Parliament channel now and again, and there was a lady, I can't remember her name, lady so-and-so, who stood up and made a speech saying that the problem with this country has got to be dealt with, especially the elderly who are draining society with their pensions. You try living on food. I, Pinot Grigio, I can't afford a bottle of Ribena. What I'm going to do is I've drafted a letter. It's going to go to the, to the Prime Minister and all other interested and relevant uh, media that I shall be enacting my self-determination
10: What do you mean, you will be enacting your self-determination?
12: I will be taking my life.
0: That was a call yesterday from Tony to Jonathan Vernon smith Well, Claire Wiley is from the Samaritans and co-author of the report Men and Suicide, Why It's a Social Issue. Morning, Claire. Good morning. Uh, You just heard uh, some of Tony's call there. Uh, In the Samaritans, do do you get many calls like that from older people?
21: Uh, So, in terms of Samaritans' call... Um, information because the the, the service is uh, anonymous and confidential. We don't have specific details about, for example, demographics. No. But what we do know is that um, since the recession, the the calls to Samaritans about financial concerns have increased. So they now around one in six calls are about financial worries. Um, and we do also know that socio economic conditions do play um, a significant role in suicide. Um, so, for example, um, in terms of the report we did around men and men and suicide, um, men living in the most deprived conditions and from the lowest socioeconomic group are up to 10 times more likely to die by suicide than those who f- from the most um, in living in the most affluent conditions um, and from the most advantaged socioeconomic groups. So that's a huge inequality and risk, which is which means really an, an equity. Um, that in our society, those who are, you know, in the poorest conditions um, are at highest risk of suicide. Uh,
0: for some reason, I've probably got this completely wrong, I've always thought of suicide as kind of a younger uh, sort of man's thing, but it, it's, it's on the increase, isn't it, between men aged 45 and 74, it's the highest it's ever been. Why is that? Is it is it purely the, uh, the economic factors?
21: Uh, well, actually, I mean, the, the common perception is that it's, a, it's a, an issue among young people, but in fact, the rates among middle-aged uh, men have actually been high for a considerable period of time, mm. 40 years, and the rates among young men have now come down. Um, but in terms of the research we did, what we looked at is this particular group of men who are in midlife now, and particularly people from lower socioeconomic positions. And really what we saw is they are experiencing a kind of perfect storm, if you can put it that way, um, so these are men who have grown up with a particular idea of what it is to be a man, um, that when that they will go out to work, they 'll have a job for life, um, they 'll be respected by a wife, um, they 'll have a family. and in fact, now they 've reached midlife, a lot of those things that they thought they would have, they just don't. So we 've seen the erosion of traditional male industries. Um, and that means men have lost both a source a source of employment which is very very important to the to the male role um, and they 're in economic and financial difficulties and struggling to to provide for a family so they 're both unable to fulfill their role as men as breadwinners and also as as providers within the family um, they also um, in terms of the kind of patterns of, of relationships, men in midlife still today tend to be very dependent on having a, a female partner is what you call a kind of emotional conduit. So someone who will connect them socially, who will look after them emotionally, who will kind of help them to identify their own emotions, um, encourage them to seek help. But in fact, we've seen significant social changes so that in fact, um, men are far less likely to be in a single relationship throughout the course of their life. They're more likely to move in and out of relationships, um, and so less likely to have a, a female partner to depend on.
0: Is and there anything that can be done, Claire?
21: Um, well, absolutely. I think, I mean, we, so, so Samaritans, we work with suicide, we work with governments across the, the country, um, and we certainly we would want to see um, both suicide prevention strategies that that look at some of the you know at, at mental health um, and resilience and things like that. But we also do think it's important that we address some of the underlying causes, so making sure that, in fact, we've got a more equal society, that we've got a, a decent welfare state, so that, when people, for, so that people do have um, you know, conditions that, that mean it's worthwhile to live.
0: Claire Wiley uh, from the Samaritans, thank you very much indeed. David Preva is uh, in for JVS today. He's having a jolly somewhere. Uh, and David's going to be catching up with Tony in Milton Keynes after 10, and he'll be asking, do you know what it's like to live on the bare minimum, uh, if you want to start getting in touch with them, you can do JVS Show at bbc.co.uk. uk. Peter is in warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning.
11: Uh, does this are you living on a pension? Absolutely, yes. And how are you finding it? Are you struggling? Well, yes. I mean, if you look, if you look at rents, council tax, and support charge, because I'm in a sheltered housing scheme, right? That is six thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds a year. Mm. Now. The basic old age pension is under seven pound. Now you work it out. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a mathematician to work that out. It, it's self-evident, really. Now all these people, these other young people now who are on minimum rate, are you going to be moaning that you're supporting them? I have support, I have worked forty nine years. Yeah. I have, if you like, I've supported people buying their own houses. I've been, I've been a council tenant for 40 odd years. I've paid for 40 odd years. I've bought and paid for the places I've lived in many times over. People have had, if you like, uh, when they've been buying their own houses they've had tax relief they've had all sorts of things and even today do you get tax relief for buying a house they used to have lots of tax relief i don't think you do but, now eh? i don't think i'm not sure you do well, now. maybe they maybe they don't but they're getting very low rates anyway now rents have been soaring year yeah. on year yeah i haven't three pound a week my rents there's not free social housing at, at all. I don't know of any free social housing, to be honest with you. Yeah. And there's a very few amount of people that are are on the twenty, anywhere near twenty six thousand, and that's only because they've been placed in expensive properties.
0: Peter, can I can I can I play devil's advocate? Would you mind? Yeah, sure. Okay. Now this isn't necessarily my view, but I'm just I'm just always bearing in mind what some of my listeners might be shouting at the radio.
11: Absolutely, and I'll uh, shout back. Okay. Yeah? You,
0: I bet you I bet you will. That's why I knew I could do this with you.
11: It's not okay. Let's,
0: it's not my fault or my problem that you d- you chose to rent all your life and didn't decide to uh, get a
11: mortgage and buy a house. And it's not my not my fault that you actually purchased. No. So the profit on the purchase. Yeah. That could be taxed. Well,
0: it, it, I have to. If, when I buy a house, I have to pay stamp duty, which is a massive yeah, tax. Yeah, but hold on, hold yes. on.
11: By the time you, by the time you come to the life of your, if you like, your mortgage. Yeah. You've still got the money, yeah. In most
0: well, that's decisions. it, and that's 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 a decision that uh, that again I'm taking on the wrong well, yes, side. That's but a decision. Well, we're not
11: all in that position. I mean, I okay. had a wife. Yeah. I mean, I I, lived, I was married for fifty five years, but I had a wife who was, who was suicidal. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, please don't buy." Even when these properties were going, even when the council properties were going very very cheaply. It would worry me too much. Now, what do you do in those instances? Well, you're right. That's a tough situation. Well, because there's a lot of people. You don't know the circumstances of a lot of people. Now, you get the BAME mobs saying, oh, we subsidise them. They've never subsidized them in their life. They've never subsidized these social tenants in their life because, first of all, for many, many, many years rent rebates have always come out of the housing revenue account.
0: Peter, listen, we've got to end it there. Thank you very much, and thank you for taking that question in the spirit in which it was intended. Peter and Wilma Green (laughs) there. Sorry, while the weather was going on, I was realising that if you fold the front page of The Guardian and put it over the top of The Times, you get um, Kate Middleton with a tiny head and a big body. Sorry. (laughs) Jonathan's off on a jolly today, um, so David Preva shall be filling in uh, in for him, which is always a, a cracking listen. Now, you the taxpayer, you... You, listening to this nonsense, you're going to face a significant bill over the botched West Coast rail franchise process. That's according to a report from the National Audit Office. They say staff and advisor costs, legal costs and money for the two reviews set up by the government uh, following abandonment of the West Coast bidding amounted to about just under nine million pounds. Virgin Trains will continue to run the service, which runs through Milton Keynes and Watford for almost two years. Well, joining us now is George Muir, the former Director General of the Association of Train Operating Companies. George, uh, g- good morning. Very quickly, if you could, just I- I- remind us why these companies have to bid again. Uh,
16: the, the franchise for the West Coast main line, uh, the normal one came to an end, or was coming to an end after a long period, 2015 years, Virgin was running it, Uh, uh, the franchise put out to tender, uh, four people bid for it, Uh, there were two close people nearly winning, and it was awarded to first group. Uh, It was then discovered that the calculations that allowed it to be awarded to first group were wrong, and the government cancelled the competition a couple of months ago.
0: Why has this been such a
16: disaster? Uh, The... That a new government policy brought in uh, two years ago by the new Conservative government for 15 year fixed price contracts was a change, and it is very difficult actually, I think, impossible for people to bid fixed price for 15 years, because you can't foresee it. But they persevered with this. And coupled with that were some changes and very incompetent changes of organization within the Department for Transport, which meant that almost every administrative thing that could go wrong did go wrong. The sums were wrong. The people who were doing the jobs changed Jobs that should have been done in one place were split and done in different places. It was a shambles, and it went on for two years.
0: Virgin has uh, been given two years extra to run the service. What what happens after that?
16: Oh, it will be... Well, during that two years, uh, starting very soon, I think, there'll be a new competition for a long-term franchise.
0: And I, I'm paying the bill for all this, nine million quid.
16: Yeah, well... Oh. that's just
0: the beginning. Oh, really? Sorry. Uh, (laughs) There's more to come.
16: Well, because the bidders uh, will be compensated. uh, Well, there's another forty million on top.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) a mere forty million on top of that nine million. So we're looking at fifty million quid.
16: Uh, Yeah, let's. Well, leave it. Yeah, sure. Let's
0: let's round it up. At least. Oh (laughs) God, it gets worse.
16: It's certainly fifty. Right.
0: Uh, And and the taxpayers are paying for this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What a mess. George, listen, thank you very much for that. That's George Muir, former Director General, the Association of Train Operating Companies. 50 million quid. At least. Wow. Well, Justin Dealey, is, uh, he's our train correspondent. He's got a tra- <laughs> he's got a, you've got a train set in your loft. Yes, I have. It's lovely. It's very nice. Yes. I know. I've seen it. Yes,
13: uh, And uh, you're out at Milton Keynes Railway Station this morning, are you? I am indeed, yes. Uh, a Virgin train to Manchester left all of about two minutes ago. I came here when the decision was made. People were absolutely furious because they had used the service for quite some time. They were very, very happy with that. Well, before that train left a moment ago, I spoke to passengers about the reaction to... The fact that Virgin, of course, will have that service for another 23 months. Richard, first of all, it's absolutely freezing. You've got your <laughs> coffee. You've done the right thing there. Where are you travelling to today? I'm travelling to Wilmslow in Cheshire today. Now, over the last four weeks, you've used Virgin Trains
22: twice a week. How have you found the service? Service has been uh, fantastic, actually. Really, the stuff are really good. I also actually use uh, First Capital a couple of times over the last four weeks as well. Service there is
13: a lot worse. <laughs> so you're quite happy, then, for the next 23 months at least, you'll be using Virgin Trains. You're really happy. With that, aren't you?
22: I'm really happy because I can compare the two different services actually. and Virgin is much better than uh, First Group from a personal perspective, so it's really good news for me.
13: Uh, and this idea of millions of pounds worth of our money, effectively taxpayers' money, to sort this fiasco out its just ridiculous, isn't it?
22: Uh, I know. I mean, why couldn't they get it right first time? That's what I don't understand. If they paid a little bit more money to get it right first time, we'd have saved an absolute fortune. But, Heads will roll, I'm sure. <laughs> well, they
13: already have, <laughs> yeah, haven't yeah. they?
22: And a few more will go as well. Yeah, I'm sure
13: okay. they will. Well, have a safe journey today. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Cheers. So, there's one happy customer going to go up to this man outside now. This is uh, Trevor, Trevor George. Trevor, where are you travelling to today? I'm going to Manchester. How often do you use Virgin Trains? Oh, about once a month, I should think. Okay, so fairly regular for business. Um, How do you find the service? Yeah, it's a brilliant service. Uh, I think it's, I mean... Generally on time. Um, trains are comfortable. Um, all works very well. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because when I came here, when the decision was made, everyone was very, very unhappy. People were saying, "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." It's <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I can't see any reason why it, we need to change. Basically, it's, it provides. You know, Virgin provide a very good service, and um, I'd be happy to stick with it. Because this line is very important to you, even though you're yep. using it once a month, which yep. is you know fairly regular. If that line is not on time, your business deals could cost you a lot of money. Uh, yes, that's right. I mean. I, yeah, it's, it's important to know that you're going to get there when you need to, basically. Mm-hmm. OK, and um, just last, your reaction on the millions of pounds this is going to cost you and I as taxpayers <laughs> to, to sort this mess out? Well, it's a disaster, isn't it, really? I mean, wh- how on earth could uh, the government get to the stage where they, they, they mess it up so badly?
20: Um, something something really needs to be done to look into that.
13: So Richard Branson is, uh, is a very calm man, he's very, very cool, <laughs> and he lost it when this decision was made. But, of course, as it turns out, he lost it for a, for a very good reason. Well, absolutely, yeah, I quite understand. I think. I mean, he's put a lot of money into uh, you know investing in this this line and um, making sure that that. Um you know, he gets a good return on that. Why shouldn't he? I think your train is on time. Thank goodness for that. How cold is it this morning? It's pretty <laughs> cold here, yeah. <laughs> have a safe journey. Thank you very much. Cheers, thank you. So, what a mess. Uh, there you go in. Again, a platform full of happy passengers, exactly the same when I came here early this year, all asking the question, why has this happened? of course, we as the taxpayers, we are the ones who are going to be paying for this.
0: You're, you're paying £50 million, I Justin. know. It's a
13: lot of money, isn't it? No, i right. have to get that out of the loft.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to start selling some of your trains. Yes. Justin, <laughs> Thank you very much. Where, are you off it. to anywhere else now? We uh, well,
13: I think I might stick in Milton Keynes to get some more reaction on Christmas cards. Do yes. people love sending them? Or, every year, are they a bit like us too, where we just don't send them? Because, well, we can't really be bothered, but we are busy people, to be fair, really. It
0: used we? to... F- ve- a very, a very busy. So, very, so busy, very, I managed to watch yes, yes. Uh, t- two films yesterday afternoon. <laughs> uh, but it's that, it's that. I had that sense of dread when my mum would buy, like, big boxes of Christmas cards and yes. I'd have to write them to my aunts and my grandparents and all, you know... Oh, for goodness sake. Come on, sakes. the key is
13: to make it personal. In saying that, actually, I got a a wonderful Christmas card yesterday from my future mother-in-law. And what she did, she really thought about this. She went out and she got me a Christmas card that was a vinyl record. Oh, So I opened it up and it was a vinyl record. And I thought, wow, you've actually put some thought into this for once. I'm joking. Um, Actually put some thought into it because I love my music and there is a vinyl record. That's the way to do it. Don't go and buy 200 cards that are all the same. How can that be personal? That's much better, Justin Dooley. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Well, April in, uh, in Luton is on the line talking about christmas cards april are you going to be sending loads of them yes why
5: why because i like them i like them i like i like spending the time making them i make all my
0: cards oh you make them well uh, how many do you are you going to be making
5: i made this year about 150 (laughs) i've sent about 115 (laughs) i hand painted about 80 of them
0: (laughs) Uh, can I tell you something, April? Yeah. Life is way too short to m- hand make 100... How and f- old
5: is your son?
0: He's uh, three. He'll be three in January.
5: Mine's four in February. Yeah. And he loves helping me make them. The, glitter, right. goes the glitter goes everywhere. 150 with a four-year-old? Yeah, he loves it. Do you know what? He loves it. Really? And the reason why my list has increased this year is because he says, this one can be for William. This one can be for Nana. So he wants to send his own... Oh,
0: no! He's April. loving it. Okay, so you, but well, listen, there is, of course, there is a charm in receiving the handmade card from a child. Of course, there is. That's wonderful and fantastic and, and beautiful. But, but really, April, j- just give him some glue, a bit of paper, and let him make his own. And when he's, you know, there's a pile of stuff.
5: I enjoy, I enjoy making. I uh, bake all my birthday cards, Christmas cards, all cards I make. You're a, ar- only... you a bit artsy. I am, uh, and yeah. even my sister now, because she's very arty. She does painting, so she's hand painted some watercolors. Okay. So she's all painted hers as well this year.
0: Wow. You sound very calm about the whole thing. Are you are you done for Christmas? Have you got everything sorted?
5: I uh, haven't decorated the house, so okay. I haven't got the tree up. So
0: this weekend. Do it this weekend.
5: Yeah, probably. Christmas. I don't know whether I can convince my husband to go for a real tree, or whether we put up the...
0: Real tree! Real Classic. tree! Real tree! You've got to do... I, listen, I, I had a, a fake tree for ever when I was growing up as a kid, and then when I was old enough, I bought my first real tree. It makes such a difference, April. Do it!
5: I know. I used to have real trees, but here's this surreal discussion we had the other day. Yeah. I was in the living room. I said, so, Sam, James, and my husband and son, um, what shall we move? Shall we move your toys, Sam, or shall we move dad's guitars and Sam
0: went we're moving daddy's guitars of course you're moving the guitars there's it well, the, in the next hour real tree or Christmas tree it's got to be a real one hasn't it With the real trees or Christmas trees let the debate rage 08459 four double five five double five. we had a horrible fake tree for forever when I was a kid I remember moving out and going hey I can buy a real Christmas tree and I know they're a mess and getting rid of them is a pain but they're better aren't they We'll find out more after the news of sport with Catherine Boyle.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Across beds, hearts and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: That's what I meant to play, of course. It's Friday, come on, give me a break. So, so far we've established I'm allowed to be a little bit rubbish on Mondays, not great on Tuesdays, and Fridays can be a little bit sloppy as well. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show, including... Find out why a St Albans man is unhappy that he can't be moved from a one-bedroom council house to a two-bedroom property. If you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, you can have a look at the pictures of the house, and probably have a chat with him as well as he's posting up there at the moment. How much sympathy do you have with him? It's mixed on there. It's mixed, I think it's fair to say. Now, first-class stamp costs 60 pence. How many Christmas cards are you planning to send this year? Guess what? I ain't sending none. I'm not a Scrooge. I love Christmas. I love it. Such a big fan of Christmas. The best Christmas dinner of the year. And, oh, there are rumours. There's always the politics of Christmas. Who are we going to go with? Which day do we spend Christmas Day? I think it's sorted out. I think it's sorted out with nary an argument nor a tear. So I love Christmas. But the cards... Well, We just spoke to April in Luton. Told me a couple of minutes ago, she's handmade 150. Oh, dear. And it's Friday. And as you know, regular listeners, on Friday, we kind of like to... End the week on a bit of a high note. We've got some music coming up. We've got a brass band coming in. I'm well excited. I love a brass band. Very excited. If you want to get in touch, uh, 81333, start your text 3CR, or give us a call, 08459 455 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Uh, This story has really divided people. If I'm honest, I don't quite know where I sit on it. I've said that a couple of times this week. Normally, I get a story, I look at it, I go, right, that's what I think. My mind is, I'm not quite sure what I think here. I can see arguments for and again. Well, you may live in a property that you feel is too small for you and your family, but at what point should the council provide you with a bigger one? Well, the rules surrounding the way in which people are allocated council houses in St Albans has changed this week. One new policy makes it more difficult for tenants to get bigger properties. Anthony Wildman lives with his wife, Abby, and their five-month-old baby in a one-bedroom house in the city. They've been told they're now not eligible for a bigger property until their child is two years old. They say the house is so small, it's causing damp and making the baby ill. Anthony is now suffering depression, and they feel their marriage is being strained. Well, our reporter, Victoria Cook, went to meet them and have a look at their house.
2: At the moment, we're standing in our
0: front room very small front room
2: I think it's about 13 foot by 13 foot approximately and you go through to an open plan kitchen which is probably about 10 foot by 6 foot it's very cold at night. Um, it's very cold all the time. We have to leave the windows open to stop condensation from the damp. Yeah, I can
3: see coming in here that the, the back of your front door is actually soaking wet. I've only been here a few minutes. I can feel my skin feeling damp and my uh-huh. clothes feeling damp. I've only been here a few minutes. Is, is that something you've become used to? or Can you notice it?
2: Well, we, we notice it all the time and it's, uh, I don't think you ever get used to it. You've also got a hell of a lot of condensation on the windows as well, constantly. Oh, yeah. Um, and the advice from St Albans Council is to open windows, which isn't really good when it's minus mine. Actually, as you've pulled the net
3: curtains back, they've now stuck to the windows.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, um, but
3: what, why is that happening? Because from first impressions, the house looks quite modern and
4: new. Yeah, I think uh, when we had someone out before, she said it is due to three people living in the property, rather than, you know, this isn't made for three people. There's three people breathing in and out all the time. The washing, you know, I have to do it. I've got nowhere to dry it, so... That's obviously a lot of it, the cause of it as well. The house itself seems to be having impacts impact on the baby's health. Yeah, with her just now still having a cold. Obviously, talking about Astra's not good at this age already. She's only like, she's not five months yet, and they're already mentioning the word, which is upsetting to us. So, yeah, I think it is having an effect on the health already. Can we go and have a look upstairs and see what
3: the rest of the house is like? Certainly. So, to get upstairs, we're having to move things out of the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's constant things, not just put up there for show. It's um, a they're, buggy. They're all things you need. You know, a high chair and... Toys. She, she can sit in and toys. You know. Yeah. Um, as you walk up the stairs, you might have noticed um, when she does start crawling, there's actually nowhere to put a safety gate.
3: It's a, an open plan yeah. sort of style, isn't it? So yeah. the staircase is open on the left-hand side. Yeah. Right, let's yeah. continue up the stairs. Okay. So it looks... Aesthetically quite a lovely house. It it is seems really new and modern and fresh. I
2: think it was built in the eighties, so it is quite new. It is just the space and the conditions that are starting to to show around the edges.
3: So we're in the bathroom now. Yeah, this is in the bathroom. You're showing me the main window.
2: Yeah, and obviously you can see all there's mould there and the corner there. And this is like a day and a half old. So this has
3: actually been cleaned.
2: This was in cleaned the day before yesterday.
3: Actually, as I look up at the ceiling, the, there's water droplets coming from the ceiling. Yeah. And is that because someone's just had a shower in here?
2: Ha- I had a bath at two o'clock. And, and it's and half past window.
3: five in the afternoon. Yeah.
2: And there's still, like so no, there's, the window is open, the jar. We can't leave it much more than that because the house be freezing.
3: And I suppose this moisture from here is going into the house as well.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: You can feel the dampness even more up here, can't you? Yeah. So this um, is your room.
2: This is the bedroom. The bedroom Yeah, the bedroom So Um, average size, not
3: a bad size at all for a double bedroom I'd say most people would be kind of happy with that But there's a large corner being taken up by the cops Yeah,
2: and again, same thing in here
3: More black mould in the corner of your bedroom
2: When it runs all along the top of that wall And potentially above her cot. It's just not enough living space And it's all created by three people breathing and living here I'm not being funny, Mia's sleeping there I mean, from a married couple's point of view, you know, it, it can go on for so long, but it does have an effect on your married life.
3: Are you finding it's having an
2: effect? <laughs> I think it's having effects on both of us. I can't talk for Abby, but it certainly had an effect on me just by having sort of the confined space all the time. You're living on top of each other, so you bicker. And we never used to. You know, it's, it, it's, it's just getting ridiculous.
0: That's so, our reporter, Victoria Cook, there. Uh, if you want to go and have a look at some pictures of Anthony and Abby's house, the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. It's up there. Anthony's posting up there as well. Play nice. Be honest, but play nice. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, well, Claire Asbury is the East of England lead manager from the National Housing Federation. Morning, Claire. Good morning. Anthony and his family feel they need more room. How common is this picture across the East of England and the country?
14: Uh, well... I think it's no secret that we're in the midst of a housing crisis in this country. We haven't been building enough homes to keep pace with the number of households for year upon year upon year. So this isn't at all uncommon. um, And we do expect homelessness, overcrowding and housing problems like this to continue to rise, I'm afraid.
0: Why are the rules getting stricter? Well...
14: I mean, local authorities are in a really difficult position. Um, you know, if you look at our recently published Home Truth publication, which has got statistics for every area in, in the region, you look at St Albans, well, you know, they've got 5,000 people, over 5,000 people on a waiting list... And there are only a total of just, well, about 900 lettings a year. Well, you can see that there's a huge amount of competition. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, there aren't enough homes to go around. And at at some point, a local authority's got to make a decision about the rules that they make. And, you know, no one wants to be in that position. It's not an easy decision to make at all.
0: There are loads of new houses in developments in the three counties, particularly in beds, that are unoccupied. Why aren't they being used is it because they're too expensive
14: well i mean housing is expensive and that's a real problem um you know we work with housing associations that are bringing forward new affordable homes through development all the time they're keen to deliver the homes that we need and you know but then there's, we know there still aren't enough at the end of the day you know we haven't we haven't been building enough homes but what about the empty ones work.
0: what about the empty ones Should, shouldn't you put pressure on local authorities to make best use of those
14: well local authorities do have powers to, to deal with empty properties, but actually, I mean, yes, we can do something about empty homes, but actually, uh, even if we filled every single empty, we'd still have a massive housing oh, shortage. of course you would,
0: but it's, it's a start, isn't it?
14: Absolutely, um, but the, obviously, it's, it's quite a long process, particularly in terms of long-standing empty homes. Yeah. And um, And overall, there's a, a broader issue here about if it's new-build homes, uh, you know, one of the problems that we've got at the moment is a big constriction in the mortgage market, so, you know, people are finding it harder to get mortgages, so they are Struggling to buy those homes, um, you know, first-time buyers are finding it very hard to get in on the ladder, and that's putting pressure across a number of different areas. So, you know, more yeah. and more people are renting for longer. Private rents are, are going up. The p- competition is higher, and you know, people who you know don't have the same amount of money. And bear in mind, this is not just people out of work. Mm. This is you know, 10,000 new working households every month in this country mm. are getting housing benefit to help with the cost of their rent, even though that they're in work. So. So, you know, this is, uh, this is about people on, you know, medium and low salaries, and people who are not able
0: to find a job are really struggling. Claire, what, what do you think about the, the, the following, uh, the situation? There's, there's an elderly couple, they're, let's say they're in their 80s, uh, they've lived in a house for 40 years, it's a big three bedroom house, all the kids, everyone's moved out, should they be moved into a smaller property to, to free up the bigger houses for younger families?
14: Well, I mean, most local authorities and, and most landlords have schemes to help uh, people who want to downsize. Uh, and we will see more of that because of... What the bedroom if they don't want to downsize? Is...
0: What if they, they want to stay there because they've been there for 40 years? They
5: Well,
14: they have the right to. Right. You know, that's their choice. Um, but what we'll see in come April, when the bedroom tax is introduced for um, social housing, there will be more people looking to downsize. And, you know, for people who are overcrowded in small accommodation, that's going to potentially be an opportunity to, to do a swap, for example, you know, and have those kind of options. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we do have a mismatch, but overall we have not enough smaller homes available for the people who do want to downsize.
0: It's quite, it's quite a bleak future, isn't it, for people?
14: Um, well, I think people are coming to recognise the scale of the problem, and we are seeing housing going up the political agenda, and we've had an announcement just this week around new homes coming forward, and I think the government has realised that, you know, it, it's not just about addressing the housing crisis, it actually can kickstart the economy we've been you know we've, we've been winning that argument but it doesn't happen overnight you know it, it has a lead in time and we do hope to see more homes
0: coming through claire thank you very much appreciate your time claire asprey east of england lead manager from the national housing federation we uh asked st albans city and district council to come on they sent us a statement great demand for social housing in the district which exceeds supply families with only one child under uh, aged under two years are now only eligible for one bedroom accommodation well if you go to the uh, Facebook page and have a little look. Uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Uh, you can uh, have a look at the housing. Well, here we go. This is always uh, a, a pleasure and it takes me back to about eight years ago. Uh, David Prever is uh, in the Well, house. hello there. I, I, I say it with uh, my tongue in my cheek. I salute the Prevers. We I forget. used to say that a lot, didn't we you? We used to work together years and years ago and it's always nice to bump into and you. And nice to see you too. You're looking You're looking very kind of fit. You're looking younger. Fat, than you work. mean? Did you mean fat? And that was, <laughs> a, that was, a, it was a verbal typo. You're looking... You're looking... <laughs> (laughs) looking... (laughs) looking younger than when i used to see you no yeah you're
20: You're joking you're looking buff what two kids later you're kidding me really never Uh, how old are your kids now they're four and two. Four and two. That's yeah. fun.
0: Christmas is going to be fun, huh? It's going to be noisy.
20: Yeah, it's fun. It's noisy constantly. constantly. It was noisy at four a.m. this morning. Really?
0: Actually, at three a.m. as well. It was noisy this oh, morning. So, yeah. I snuck out. I've got three and one, and I snuck out of my. I, I snuck downstairs at ten past four this morning, and as I closed the stair gate, I heard the baby go, and I thought, Oh god, I'm good. The get truth
20: it. is, you only took this gig because you didn't want to be around during. <laughs> it's easier to come in here and do a breakfast show than be at home during during all of that, isn't getting it? Getting them dressed, <laughs> getting my three year old to put pants. And trousers on. Much harder than doing a breakfast show.
0: What's coming up on you're filling in for Jonathan today. What have you yes, done? Yes,
20: on the big, sh- to be honest, I came in yesterday to uh, to watch how it was done and I should have picked yeah. up a lot of tips and tricks, but we just gossiped for three hours. I got yeah. not, that not is, a clue. No, 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 the that first is idea, yeah. That's how they do it. Uh, but today on uh, the big phone in from I'm trying not to speak like John, the JVS show. <laughs> it's hard not to, isn't it? I'm the big fan in today, as you've been discussing all morning, should yes. council tenants should council tenants really be grateful for what they're given? You've been talking about Anthony and Abby mm. in St Albans this morning. Anthony uh, saying that because his daughter's two years old, she's still sleeping in their bedroom and they deserve a bigger home. Well, um, she's
0: five months, but they've got to be there but then she's two, she's two yes, years old. Yes, Beg yeah. your
20: pardon, yeah. Uh, and we're going to ask sh- should you be grateful with what you're given uh, if you're given a council property? Are you currently living in a property that's far too small for your needs? Kids sharing rooms, everybody living on top of each other, but uh, you're happy at least that you've got a home, or does the council, the state, if you like, have yeah. a responsibility to house you, whatever your needs might be? When, when we were, uh, when my, both my kids were born, we were living in a tiny mm. basement flat in Maida Vale, which was very nice, but a central London property, Yeah. and I was li- sleeping in the lounge, where we had, uh, my wife was in the hallway, and you just live on top of each other, don't you? Of course you when do. When you've got yeah. children. Everyone I sleeps everywhere.
0: Yeah. I think. It's, it's, and, and there is, the th- buggies are massive, yes.
20: and high chairs are massive, and toys get everywhere, you know, that's... And also, children do... I've got many friends whose kids are still... I think Nick Coffer's daughter, I'm right in saying, or son, was still in their uh, bedroom mm. until he or she was two years old. It just uh, It happens, doesn't it? It does. And you're doing breakfast tomorrow as well, are you? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Good, work, good work. Nice to see you so back Thank you very too. much. See you later on. Ta-ta. Thank you. This is
1: and on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: David Preva filling in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Uh, if you uh, want to listen to that, as you, of course you do. It's on at uh, 9 o'clock and you can get in touch now with um, uh, J- David by emailing jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. The reason I'm, I'm stammering slightly there is because I've been sent a message from Catherine Boyle saying, the brass band are here, they're playing, and it's snowing. Ah, oh, how cool is that? Come on. It's Christmas. I know. I do have a childish excitement about that. Luton and Hemel, it's snowing um we've got some texts uh, on the uh, housing situation we were talking about i do feel for the chap in the one bedroom house but he's just got to get on with it my wife and i lived in a one bedroom flat with our daughter until she was seven you do what needs must pick up a sofa bed for extra privacy when you're feeling amorous as he said he was made redundant so the situation can't be helped but as i said he has to get on with it incidentally the difference between private rent and social rent price is not too different nowadays however you have more security on social housing matt from hitchin um, uh, is an anonymous here. We own our, but put your names on when you send a text. It's nice. We own our house and can't afford a bigger house. We live in a two bed maisonette with two teenagers. Two teenagers. We can't rely on the council to rehouse us. Uh, Esther says council housing should only be given to a personal persons where their parents or the person has paid into the system. Uh, on the email the Gemma from St Albans the council are wronging you policies especially when they've already let people with young children um, bid on a bigger property one day and take it away the next how bad is that Christmas cards what is the point really I mean come on they're expensive does anyone when you get a Christmas card does anyone have a a reaction anything more than ah Stephen Marks Stephen Marks sent a card Oh, right. Oh, yeah. No, no one gets excited by a card. And sending them is just such an annoyance, isn't it, Sheila, in St Albans? Oh, is that Mr Scrooge oh, speaking to? bah, humbug to you, my dear. I, how very dare you. Listen, Sheila, I love Christmas. I'm so excited. I'm going to be decorating the Christmas tree today. We've got Advent calendars. I'm, I love it. But Christmas cards, Sheila, really... Right,
7: I think Christmas cards are not just Christmas cards. They are a way of making contact with other people that you don't necessarily have contact throughout the year. It's a, it's a way of saying, hi, I'm alive. It's a way of saying, I hope you're alive if you receive this. Um, it's, it's just a way of keeping in touch because people don't keep in touch anymore. You know, text, people use their phones. They don't, you know, you know the, kids, the kids just sort of, they're families they don't know families they don't know cousins they don't know um, I mean perhaps you think of your children Yes, isn't it really nice when some parents not, not all of them have the time can sit down and do some cards with their kids doesn't it make something between the children and the parents?
0: Contact? I, I make things with my kids anyway. We do pictures and we make robots and we do, you know, do silly things Making like Making
7: those old paper chains you used to stick together with oh, colours? No. Oh you no! Can, you can buy paper chains. I know chains you can. Already made. <laughs> I know I, you can buy the slips of paper
9: I to used stick
0: to, together. I remember that at school uh, when we were about seven years old, right? They were, the teachers would get us to lick those, because you had to lick them. Lick the strips <laughs> of paper and make the paper chains. At the time we thought "Whoa, this is the coolest thing ever. Looking back, the teachers were just shutting us up for two hours. <laughs> And probably no out for a fag. no
7: no no it's you know it's <laughs> nice and i think if you if you're not careful i do have a relative yep. a young relative who doesn't send cards and i'm beginning to think to myself why do i waste the time but however when him and the rest of his young family yep. suddenly get engaged married have a baby or whatever and they're going to say oh who are our relatives who do we know they won't have any and maybe i'll think why do i bother I, I don't want it, you know. If my only contact with them is a Christmas card here and there, and they don't bother even with a birthday card, wow. as far as I'm concerned, they're out of my will. They're not going to get a penny now. Sheila,
0: yes. Have, have you, can I be in your will?
7: No, because you don't send Christmas cards. Because you're a Scroogey person.
0: Thank you very much, Sheila. Is, is there? Is it worth getting in your will? Is there? Have you got a lot of cash? Well, it's either that or the cat's home, isn't it? <laughs> Sheila and St. Albans, thank you very much indeed. Wow, she's going to cut people out of her will because they don't send cards? Wowzers, I can't wait to be, I want to be really rich and really old, right? I know, I know, bear with me. Because then you can say, or at least have the illusion of being rich, then you can say to the younger people in the family, well, you know, if you, if you don't do that, you're out of the will. And I will, I will play that card. Now, on a completely different uh, tack, a road in Watford is the most violent in the country, that's according to police statistics. The mayor says that's unfair and has been campaigning for two years to get the way stats are collected changed. Albert Road South is deemed the most violent street, even worse than places like Manchester, Nottingham and Liverpool. The problem is that a nightclub is also on the street and that skews the figures. Well earlier on we spoke to Chief Inspector for Watford, Nick Caveney. He explains how it works.
19: It's obviously a national system and I think it's been set up primarily to reflect or allow residents to look into their areas uh, and understand what's going on in their areas In this particular case, obviously, that creates a bit of a skew. And indeed, we're working with some of the national compilers to try and sort that out.
0: Well, Don Adams has lived on the north of the road for almost 40 years. He's from the Central Town Residents Association, or I guess we used to call the Neighbourhood Watch Group. After years of his property being vandalised by late-night revellers, he wanted to put a stop to it all. So he, along with uh, the help of his group, have put measures in place to make the area safer. Morning, Don. What What have you done as a group?
8: well as a, as a group we decided we had to do something because although the police were were in their efforts trying to control the situation there was a matter of course the club the prison club that there now has changed names at least three times it used to be bailey's then it was kudos and now it's oceana yeah mm. uh, and uh Subsequently, as I say, the, we used to get all sorts of uh, uh, characters coming into the area. And, of course, we are just local to the club and everybody parked in our road and so forth anyway. And, of course, we had the Watford Junction station at the top of the road, which meant people were going through about three, four in the morning. And, of course, they had no respect for the residents whatsoever, and we were getting our properties damaged, our cars damaged, and things like that. Because the uh, the costs, we, we had to bear all the costs. Of course you did. There was no money coming in from the council or anything like that. So what did you do as a group, Don, to try and stop this? Well, as a, uh, we went to the police uh, 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 to start with, and the police said, well, the best thing you can do is just form yourselves in the, in, in, into a neighbourhood watch group. And and we subsequently said, oh, that's a good idea, I suppose. And we had about uh, 88 to 90 households then at that time, which was about 1997 when we first started the the, um, Neighbourhood Watch group in the area. And we've been going for about 15 years now. But,
0: um, but uh, a neighbourhood watch, when you get stickers and things like that, but what, really, what influence can you have on, on what
8: goes on? Do you go out there and confront these people? Well, no, no, no. Uh, th- we were advised not to do so. sensible. But, I mean, the, we, got more, uh, we more or less got uh, um, sufficient police um, support... Um, after we threatened to form ourselves into a vigilante group. Oh, Not to say that we wanted to, no. but I, it, uh, it was you, a case of saying, well, look, if you can't do it, then <laughs> you'll have to leave it to us to do something about were, it. Were you prepared
0: to, to kind of do like a death wish, and uh, you know, the movie, and, and, well, and get a little vigilante group up and going? Well, with...
8: it, it was more in a case of damn annoyance, because, right. you know, I was having to pay out for... For my car being damaged of my, my property being damaged people defecating in my driveway ooh. people urinating in hey. my you know, you don't I want know. that you don't want to live in that you, don't want, you, don't,
0: you do not want to live in that circumstance Don, listen, thank you very much for coming on let's just hope that by drawing some attention to it, we can um, in some way make the situation a little bit better you do not want to live in that situation no, you don't ooh, dearie me
1: On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning.
0: Morning. Uh, Here till nine o'clock, then David Prever is in for JVS. Coming up in the last half an hour of the show, no-one bothers to send Christmas cards, do they? Waste of time, waste of money. Life is too short. Get chucked in the bin, pointless. I'll be finding out uh, whether etiquette expert Jean Brooks Smith agrees with me. I'm sure she will. Uh, and the only brass band are going to be playing Christmas songs in about 15 minutes' time. They're upstairs. They're doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. A brass band playing that. Man alive. We li- we're living the dream, kids. Honestly, don't get any better than this. Doesn't get any better than this in the slightest. Now, I have been. I'm not a Scrooge. I have to say this. I love. I love Christmas. I love the rubbish telly. I love. The, it's the best meal of the year. The best meal of the year. I love presents. I love giving presents. I love seeing my boys opening their presents. I love Christmas trees. I don't love Christmas cards. They are a nuisance. They are expensive. They are a pain. Politics around them... Well, our resident etiquette expert, Jean Brooke-Smith, can uh, let us know if I'm... Uh, am I breaking lots of rules of etiquette here, Jean, or, <laughs> or am I being sensible? Good morning. Good morning to you.
23: Well, strangely enough, I've already had about 12 Christmas cards. Oh, dear. I feel and, sorry for you. Uh, and I have bought Christmas cards. I send them every year. But I, I do buy them for a charity. For example, I do the cancer Christmas cards. Yep. Um, which I wouldn't go to a local shop and just get any you know, any cards. So I feel from that point of view, I'm giving something. Um, To be honest with you, Ian, I think it is a worry. I mean, this morning I woke up and thought, oh, I've got to do my Christmas cards. A lot of the cards I get most joy is sending to friends of mine I used to work with, I was at school with who live abroad. I hate those round-robin letters. Oh,
0: the round-robin letters, the photocopied ones. No, thank
23: you. Loathe them. In fact, when they arrive, I bin them, I have to tell you. Oh, you're cold. Uh, No, I think it's awful. But I write handwritten, you know such and such a thing, you know, has happened in the family. Just about a line or two. Hope you're
0: fine. So they're all a little bit personalised. It's not to Steve, Merry Christmas, Love Jean.
23: No, no, no. No, obviously to my friends that I see all the time, I'll, you know, just say, Love Jean, etc. Right. Uh, Great to see you last week or something. But I do still send them... Um, I know they're very expensive, and I think also the, the stamps are expensive this year, and I think that's going to put people off.
0: OK, here's, a, here's a, an etiquette question, Jean. Yes. It's uh, Christmas Eve, I think the postman lives on Christmas Eve, I can't remember, let's assume he does. Yeah. It's Christmas Eve, a card comes through from your mate Dave. mm mm-hmm. You forgot to send Dave a card. What are you going to do, Jean? Well, I'm
23: afraid now I just uh, don't suddenly send a card because it looks as if, oh, Lord, you know, it's rather like somebody's given me a present. I've got to give them one. And then I think it, it, it goes out of control. I mean, if I genuinely have forgotten, which, you know, I think we all have moments like this. Yes, I might send a little New Year card, etc. But I think that you should really only send cards to people that you really want to send them to. You shouldn't really feel, oh golly, I don't really like her but she sent me one.
0: (laughs) There's a new phenomenon, Jean, there there are are all these websites where you can go online and you can make personalised cards and I do it for my mum and my wife, I put pictures of the boys on and Mm. say Merry Christmas Nanny, Merry Christmas Mum. What do you think about when couples do that? If a, if a couple were to put a picture of themselves yeah. on and send that out, is that a bit weird? I've just had one yesterday, <laughs> um, from uh, uh, one
23: of my cousin's sons who got married a couple of weeks ago, and there they are in their wedding clothes. Oh. Um, I personally hope they're not listening. I personally don't like that type of thing. I'd rather have a little robin or a fun... Or I've got some rather nice cards of very snowy scenes of cottages.
0: It's a bit arrogant, isn't it? It is,
23: <laughs> you know, and, and here's our third child, you know, and I, I have family members and friends who do it every year and it drives me
0: insane i'm, I'm being slightly cruel i know for a fact that my producer has done this <laughs> <laughs> so I'm being a little bit you'll cruel. be fired I, i'll be fired oh yes but
23: i mean basically and i think that it's still a nice thing yes to send cards i also think that people get carried away nowadays with more and more expensive presents. Mm. It's the thought. Yes. A card or a present, just a thought, and then the person at the other end. For example, especially if you're an older person. I know my mum can't write cards now, but
0: she yes. thoroughly enjoys getting a card. You're so. right, yes. Gee, maybe you can help me, on a slight tangent, listen, uh, b- b- doing this job at Three Counties, I love it. It's the first time, I've, although I've had to work in an office for an extended period. Never had an office job, yes. okay? And I have been uh, forced, uh, I've been asked very politely, and I've said yes, to be part of this secret Santa. You know where you pull names out of a hat, <laughs> yes. and it's like, well, you've got to buy a present for Ollie, and or, or whatever. Is it acceptable, between 5 and £10, pounds, okay? Yes. Is it acceptable to buy, like, £5 pounds worth of Coca-Cola? Would that, that's, because I would like that as a present...
23: Well, not very Christmassy and romantic, If, is I, put a,
0: if I put a bow on it, <laughs> it's Christmassy, isn't it? What is the etiquette for, for, for a secret Santa? I'm worried I'm going to completely blow it. Uh, no, I
23: mean, just something small. I mean, the trouble is that it, it, whoever gets it, it might be a man or a woman, so yes. you know, you've got to... I mean, uh, let's put it this way. Diet even, Coke for the ladies. A, 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 a bottle of wine is a little bit nicer than Diet Coke, let's yes. put it that way.
0: Okay. Well, gee, listen, uh, uh, what, what do, you, what do of Christmas, are you at home? Do you go somewhere when no, you? No, we're always at home actually. Fantastic. Yeah. And are you cooking the Christmas dinner? Yes, I'm so always excited. do. I'm so excited by Christmas dinner. The yeah. best the best meal of the year. I like
23: that, but um I'm actually I think a lot of hype happens with Christmas, <gasps> and I mean you know I live, in, I live in central London and people are, are acting as if it's Christmas
0: Day tomorrow. Yes, I know what you mean. That's that's tiresome.
23: And um, I think that people should just. You know, be a little bit more chilled about it and, and not have to buy about 25 presents per person. Unless, yeah, right. it's, unless it's your children, you yeah. know, then you can still do, uh, you know, little Santa things. Yes. But uh, but no, I think it's the thought that counts, whether it's a card or a present.
0: Jean, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Jean Brooksmith, she is our show's official etiquette expert. Uh, Jane's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Jane. morning. It says on my... The the, the way radio works, okay, is I have a screen, and next door the producer kind of types up what's coming up next, the name of the guest, the name of the caller, and possibly a little bit about what they're going to talk about. What it says on my screen is, Jane, in Milton Keynes, you'll be horrified at what she's done. I'm, I'm scared... What have you done, Jane? I posted 60 cards
9: yesterday. Oh, and sent forty round robin letters. Oh
0: no, Jane! <laughs> you sound so normal. You sound so sensible, and then you go and commit this heinous crime. You're a miserable devil. <laughs> no, I'm not. I love Christmas, but so let, let's give us a little little taster. Did you type up the the round robins? I did.
9: I typed them up. So they're and all I printed them all off in yep. red. Oh, and red. they've got holly on the side you can't send
0: a, a letter in red doesn't that mean I can I've done it that, that means death doesn't it or is it green <laughs> that would be of ridiculous them. what and what have you give us a little synopsis What's what's what have you included in the round oh, robin I
9: just uh, sort of said thank you all for you. well because I usually get loads of uh, round robin letters yeah and I thought well instead of writing on it I'll send on the card I'll send one out this year
0: yeah just
9: saying about all my accidents.
0: Oh, blimey. Have you you had had an accident-prone 2012? I have, actually, What have you done?
9: What have you done, love? I fell over, hurt my knee.
0: Oh, dear. The knee is one of the most painful injuries you can sustain. I know. How are you feeling feeling now? Are you better? Yeah, I'm a lot better. Okay, you can get around, all right, can you? Yeah, see, I can. Jane, are you anywhere near a window? Yes. Can you you have a little look at You're in Milton Keynes, aren't you?
9: Yes, slushing and, and... Snow.
0: it's snowing is it yeah it's good though isn't it? it's good just be careful of your knee well i
9: don't
0: know mind your knee yeah
9: what so what are you going to get for this secret santa
0: oh i don't, well i don't know the thing is we're going to pull, pull names out of a hat i guess next week yeah. so i'll know who i'm buying for right uh and it's between five and ten pounds and i just thought like you know five pounds worth of fizzy pop because i would genuinely mm. love to get that or some sweet you know box of maltesers or something
9: right this, there are santa toilet rolls you know oh are there
0: yes oh maybe i could get that
9: Santa toilet roll, Santa... Um, yeah, lots of things with Santa on I will, Jane,
0: I will, I will have a look at that. Maybe next week uh, we'll, we'll, we'll investigate this further, what I can get for the secret Santa. It is snowing, apparently, kids. We've had tweets saying it's snowing in Hemel, Leighton Buzzard, Hampstead, Wendover, Luton, St Albans, Walton, Albany. Carol is in uh, snowy St Albans. Good morning, Carol. No, we've
9: just had a cloud burst
0: of rain. Oh, blimey! I'm good, I, I, wanna, I, I want to get home as much as I like Luton, and I don't mind staying here on a weeknight. I'm not staying. If, I'm not staying here for the weekend. <laughs> no. Oh, oh God, you're right. Yeah, C- fine. Coffee, out love might be a gold watch. <laughs> I wish it was. Yes. What, what, are you sending Christmas cards, Carol? No, I might send a couple, but no. Oh, at last, the voice of reason has a feminine touch to it. Okay.
9: Um, Sunday. My, it was my my friends daughter's
0: birthday yesterday
9: yes now don't shout i know it's wrong but um i wrote her a letter yes and enclosed 20 pounds beco- th-
0: there's beco- nothing wrong with
9: that no because if you enclose money in oh, cards
0: well. oh yeah it goes missing they, yeah they, they they it goes missing yeah i i remember uh, it doesn't happen with my postman now but a few <laughs> years ago i would p- p- christmas cards and birthday cards would always turn up Opened. Yeah. Uh, yes. I wonder how that happened.
9: Well, I sealed it with Sellotape. Put my name and address on and it. I
0: wrote on the front: "There is no money in this card." Well,
9: no, I didn't. And I sent her a birthday card as well. Yeah. I rang her yesterday morning to wish her happy birthday. Yeah. Had it arrived?
0: Had it? No. Heck no of course not
9: and that was sunday and and it's paris i know she lives in wales but it's just over the border
0: well it's it yes exists the united kingdom there's somewhere in, in there's a welsh postman lighting big fat cigars and chuckling to himself
9: well you know i would have sent her a check but you can't
0: spend a check
9: <laughs> i know
0: what you mean i've got a check that's been sat how long do checks last for carol because mine's... I've got a I think it's ad infinitum. Oh, is it? Okay, good. I've got one that's four months old. It's oh, ni- no, you're,
9: you're fine.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's ni- It's 90 quid as well. 90 quid from the waterboard for oh, me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Well, get that in your account, quickly. I know. I just I just can't be bothered. I could do with 90 quid right now, let me tell you. But I just... Oh, it's such a faff going to the bank and paying a check-in. Yeah.
9: Yeah, but I mean, this is only... I mean, yes... I, I told you the idea of sending her a 10 for her birthday and a 10 for Christmas. And, but you can do... I know 10 and 10 is 20, but you yes. can do more with a 20-pound note than you can with a 10 and 10. Um,
0: I think you can do the same. No, not
9: at the same time.
0: I'm going to end it there, Carol, because you have literally blown my mind with your crazy maths. <laughs> maybe I'm missing something very obvious there, or maybe I've... No, you can do the same, can't you? Yes. Coming up. It's Friday. We've got a brass band coming in. What more do you need to know? There's a brass band coming in. Before that, let's get the weather. The snowy weather with Elizabeth Rosine.
16: Ed's hearts and Bucks Weather.
1: BBC Hello. Three Counties Radio.
6: Hello. You did it too. You were too soon. Hello. You were I too always, soon. But I'm just so excited. <laughs> You're excited about the snow. I know, <laughs> Elizabeth,
0: snow away.
6: <laughs> I know, it's all going <laughs> terribly according to plan, isn't it? Um, all, of this, um, all of this band of rain, sleet and snow just edging down from the north. We've had plenty of snow reports, mostly across Hertfordshire, it does look like. There we go. That's
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. Good. Excellent stuff. Very excited. There is a brass band in the studio where there was not. We shall be talking to them in a second. Uh, David has emailed in, checks are only valid for six months. I've got another two months of my cheque, then I'll be fine. Uh, and Heather from Risborough, cheques last six months only. So post it. I worked in the bank. Well, we shall certainly have some of that. Let's have a look at um, some of these... Uh... Well, no, we'll do the Facebook statements in a little bit. Uh, We're More excitedly, more excitedly than that, we've got uh, a brass band in the studio. We've got the only brass band from Bucks in the studio. We've got lots of you all over the place. Let's, let's shout out your name. Start from this gentleman here.
17: Kieran. Alex. Corey.
5: Chris.
0: Richard. Richard, you're, the, you're going to be the spokesperson. If I can ask you just to come a little bit closer to the microphone for this. Richard, you've all, not only are you a brass band, you've come in dressed up all smart as well. You've, you've dressed for the gig.
22: It's very kind. Of course we did, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah we're Only Brass. We're a, a community-based band. We're a, we're a charity based, obviously, in Oni. Yeah. Um... And, and as part of our charitable work, we, we see it's important to encourage music-making with young people as well. So anybody under the age of 18 is, is entitled to, to come along to the band, and there's no cost for them as
0: well. Are there many young people playing brass instruments? Because it's all, it's all rock and roll and electric guitars these days, isn't it?
22: Yes, it is, but it's also important as well to encourage music-making. So, um, with the music services in schools, um, th- th- we work with them as well, and it is really important to encourage that music-making, any kind of music-making, and if they come to brass bands, the better for us. Fantastic.
0: I tell you what, I'm going to shut up. We'll chat again in a second. Could you give us a song? Of course. I'm very excited by this. So wait, in your own time. <laughs> One, three, <four. laughs> There is something about a brass band that just kind of makes you feel proud. I don't know why, but there's something about it. How many, is this the full, the full band? Are there more of you? How
22: many are there normally?
0: Oh, no. no, normally... In, it, oh, you're all out of breath, sorry. Do you need to take a breather? <laughs> no, no, that'll be fine.
22: In our band, normally there's, uh, there's around 25 to 30 people. Yep. Uh, we have two bands. We have one adult band or a senior band, and we have a development band as well, which meets on a separate night of the week. Uh, we have about 15 young people in that band and what, what kind of you, you say you're a charity what kind of gigs are you put gigs is it gigs is the right word for a brass band i don't know <laughs> yeah um i mean this weekend's gonna be a very exciting weekend to be an oni. we've yep. got a we've got our christmas celebration concert on saturday night at the parish church then on sunday uh, along with the rest of the town we'll be all part, uh taking part in the uh, dickens of a christmas celebrations in town as well so there'll be loads of things going on um we take part in band contests which mm. is a a bit of a a uh, an unusual thing, perhaps, where where bands go to a to, to a, uh, a theatre and they play uh, to an adjudicator who who judges the best band. We wow. take part in that. Um, recently, we went down to uh, Crawley down in. Uh, east sussex and we won our competition down there fantastic um, up against another 10 bands so that was really good uh, and we got the uh, award for the best conductor and for the best musician in the bands as well super i will
0: to speak to this young lady here Look, i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot yes i know come forward a little bit to this microphone i know it's all we've got everything what well, just remind me what your name was Corey. cory now how old are you cory 14 you're 14 years old you're uh, you know a, a, a young lady you're playing in a brass band do your mates not think you're a little bit odd?
3: Um, I don't know. I've got a few um, friends that play instruments. Um, one of my friends, Georgia, plays the guitar, Right. and so I think she's more with the style. <sighs> what kids, is it? In your, what
0: <laughs> is that that you're playing? A tenor horn. A tenor horn. Okay. And why? Why did you gravitate towards that? Is, is it because is you're you're young that you start with that and then you end up with the, the big <laughs> tuba at the end? Is that how it works?
21: Um... I don't know if I'll be able to lift it.
0: That. <laughs> that like it weighs a <laughs> ton. Fellas, out of breath. It looks massive. Yeah. But why? Why did you go for that? Why, did, what? Oh, what drew you to this that? This is
3: actually my second instrument. I play a French horn, which isn't for a brass band. Right. Um, so that's my main instrument, which I like playing. But I thought it'd be good to join in with a band, so I play this one in How the brass band. How long have
0: you been playing for? When did you start playing?
3: Oh, um, <laughs> I played this tenor horn for about two years. And the French, horn before, the French horn before that. Horn, for about,
21: I think five or six. So years. when you're about
0: eight years old, eight or nine years old, you kind of yeah, started. So. Did your parents? Because I've got little boys, and I want the that they, they the, the three year old loves already playing a ukulele, likes to strum on that, and I I, I would be worried about him learning a brass instrument because you do <laughs> it does sound amazing when it's played well, and you're playing it brilliantly, but I imagine the first six months are quite torturous yeah. for, for the parents.
21: I think
20: <laughs>
21: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. string <laughs> players, drinks. yes, yes.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Um, well, I think my parents used to it. This is my dad, and oh.
4: and that's my brother. So oh, I see. it's a family-run <laughs> yeah. business. I Family didn't prompts, realise, okay.
3: <laughs> but I'm quite used to it. You
22: must be quite doing well then, isn't she? She's doing all right. Yes, yeah, they are. They're all doing really well. Yeah. So all, all the young people in our band are doing really well, and it's, it's great to see. Yeah. And and any instruments anybody plays, it gives kids so much confidence, so much enjoyment of it to does, take yeah. part in any group activity: ukuleles, yeah. recorders, violins, anything really.
0: Does your dad put pressure on you if you don't practice? <laughs> Does he get a bit funny? Well, you, you yeah. sh- we'll discuss it after the show when he's right. not here. All right, listen. Can we have another song? Get back into, into y- your lineup and your position. I'm loving this. This is fantastic, isn't it? A brass band live on the radio. It literally doesn't get any better than this. Oh, oh! I'm being handed an instrument. <laughs> yes. I've got the sleigh bells. <laughs> Let, let's have it. Away you go. <laughs> You guys weren't bad. I'll be honest, though. Those sleigh bells, huh? Wasn't Because I, I didn't know I was going to get to play the sleigh bells. They were just handed to me. We hadn't rehearsed that. Uh, how often... I, I'm guessing Christmas is kind of the busiest... So I'll put these down now because they, they could be a little bit annoying. Christmas is, is probably
22: the busiest time for you guys, isn't it? Christmas is a very, very busy time for us, yeah We yep. have a concert tomorrow night We have a concert on the uh, 15th in Newport Pagnall With the Newport Pagnall singers as part of their 50th celebrations mm. uh, The week after we've got uh, the pantomime in only rugby club Which is quite a, a, a raucous affair and, uh, <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, that could be, uh, yeah, okay and, uh, and then on the 23rd we're at uh, the Saints in Northampton as well Playing carols before the match there brilliant so it's brilliant. A fantastic if people rest.
0: want to come and get involved with you i uh, w- where do they go i'm guessing they got oh, you got a website or something that to have have look at we lo- have
22: log on to the website onlybrass.com yep and uh, there's a link onto there, and they can contact me directly.
0: OK. So I'm going to have a quick word with you, if I can. can you just remind me of your name? I'm Chris. Chris, now, why, wh- wh- how did you get involved with all this nonsense? Um,
14: well, I originally started playing the cornet at nine when I joined the Zawesh Nomins, or Shiny Brass Instruments. And um,
5: I came to Only Brass in 2004, I think it was. So that's a cornet? This is a cornet,
0: yeah. Well, but what's the difference between that and a trumpet? Is that Uh, just You're just being posh
21: Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Trumpets a bit longer
0: Right okay I see Okay And and so Are you enjoying it there You're getting ready for I was going to ask in a minute If you wouldn't mind I I hope you don't find this disrespectful We're going to have the travel in a second Would you mind playing Underneath the travel You play And I'll mess around with the volumes And they can do that Is that okay Would you mind Right listen uh, hang on a second. Uh, have got on the travel? Russell? Yes, hello? Do, do you mind if we have a brass band underneath you? Oh, that would be fabulous! Is, is that OK? That would be brilliant. i fired off the little thing so everyone's got to tune in. Just, just wait for them to start, Russell, and then you can come in. Ladies and gentlemen, at your leisure, let's have a, a, a little bit of brass for, for our travel bed. Away you go. <laughs> Take it
24: away, Russell. Marvelous. Uh, M1: We had a report of an accident southbound just before junction 10 at Luton Airport, blocking the inside lane. Number of vehicles involved, causing delays towards there. Though the rest of the M1 not been so bad today. M25 is easing. There's still a little bit of slow traffic anti-clockwise just after junction 25, the turn for the A10 at Enfield. But the delays from Chorleywood round towards junction 16, the M40, have cleared after an accident earlier on. Uh, A1M still looks slow southbound, taking roughly 10 minutes to get between junctions 8 and 7, the two Stevenage turns. Uh, then further into London from. Sterling Corner to Apex Corner the A120 uh, looking very slow east at Puckeridge going from the Puckeridge roundabout towards uh, Bishop's Park Way that stretch taking roughly 20 minutes Ian and very slow on Leston Road Leighton Buzzard going towards the Hopcliffe Street roundabout most other roads seem to be okay I mean it's busy in a lot of the usual places I can see from the speed sensors but nothing else particularly out of the ordinary actually not aware of uh, any other accidents or incidents one cancelled train on the Bedford to Bletchley line it's the 9.33 from Bedford to Bletchley that is cancelled. That was brilliant, by the way. Fabulous. Wasn't it fantastic, It really Russell.
0: was. That makes that makes the travel even more exciting. It
24: certainly does. And so much more festive. I know.
0: <laughs> Do you <laughs> want to finish holding. off? Anything else you got?
24: No, Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
0: you for being a good sport, Russell. Thank you so much for coming in. I am totally... I bought the Christmas tree yesterday. We're decorating it today. You coming in has totally set me in the mood for Christmas. Oh, no, the snow as well. And <laughs> the, and the snow. Well, I'm
22: hoping I can get... More!
0: More! <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we want have, more! I'll send them in to you, David. Send you them can, in
22: here, please, yeah yeah. thank you.
0: Uh, Very quickly, give the website out again one more time.
22: So, www.onlybras.
0: Superb. Listen, have a fantastic Christmas. Thank you so much for coming in. Wasn't that fun, huh? That's it. That's your lot for this week. I'm back on Monday at six o'clock. Do stick around, because coming up, Jonathan Verna-Smith, is on a jolly. He's gone off on a jolly somewhere. But David Prever is filling in, and he's pretty darn good. Have a good weekend. Ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts, and bugs
16: talking.
1: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
20: Thank you, Ian and the team, and thank you, the brass band as well. Now I'm in the mood. Now I'm ready for Christmas.